welcome back to the roundtable RRR episode. No, I'm just kidding. I was wanting to see if that would boost the views. Didn't think it happened, but maybe. Uh, welcome back. This is the first ever six uh, group of people on the roundtable. The table's a little full tonight because I think, I mean, one of the weeks we had four because a uh, person dropped out, and then Michael Campbell has still never been found, seen again since that day. He the gave, wandering the he gave us an Australian movie yeah. and never showed up. Maybe that was on purpose. Um, I think so. I think it's showed. He showed up kangaroo hunting and said, you know what, I'm just not going to show up. Um, got Tim back on the show. Tim, your second episode. Yeah. Uh, what did you bring today? Uh, my second episode. I feel like I've been here with all of them, though. I edit the show, and yes, I, you do. I, so uh, we. This has been some great conversations, and I, I really like the show. But uh, I, I brought the Fifth Element as my film for tonight. He's double bruised up on the show. He's double bruised in the nineties. So you picked up. I wonder what you'll bring next time you're on the show. I can't wait. Um, Sixteen talk. blocks. Yeah. It will be a blast. Please. Outstanding. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, next, uh, we got Scott. Scott's been here for every episode except one. I think maybe two. I don't know at this point. Two, but yeah. how are you doing today? And what uh, lovely gem did you bring up today? Oh, I'm glad you've already given your opinion on the film. Uh, that's that's great that you enjoyed it so much, Cody. Uh, I picked the Brandon Cronenberg film from 2020, Possessor, um, and I'm sure everyone here enjoyed it. We had a blast. Um, next, uh, basically, those of uh, Brian, uh, he's been on I think every episode besides like two of them. How are you doing? And what'd you bring? Um, I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm glad to see Scott back after he took, you know, last month off. But don't worry because, you know, somebody took your place and gave me a horrible movie to watch. Um, but now I'm here. Um, I you almost quit 19- the show. <laughs> I almost quit the show. <laughs> oh, uh, I brought 1990s Rolls and Crants and Gillenstern are dead. Yes. Yes. Um, Bill! Um, I was waiting for Tammy and the T Rex. It did not show up. <laughs> I so thought we were supposed to bring of- good movies. Well, some, some, some I recognize that rule. Some I recognize that. I like hot diarrhea films. That's, I brought Vampire's oh. Kiss last time, so I mean, come well, on. There you go. So uh, I did not bring <laughs> hot garbage. Uh, I actually keep with the 90s aesthetic that is like predominantly this episode. I brought 1994's Fresh. Yes, yes. Uh, Payson, what did you bring and how are you? Uh, I'm doing well, Cody. Thank you. Uh, excited to be on. Uh, I brought 1995's uh, Dead Presidents, directed by the Hughes Brothers. Nice, nice. And my movie is Three Days of the Condor. Um, lovely um, film from Robert Redford. Uh, and that's what we're going to be starting with. Um, I've referenced this movie a lot since being in the community. Um, I Because... Uh, there's a movie that I say it's very similar to, and people roll their eyes and say, I'm never watching that. I'm never going to watch that movie because if it's that close, I don't want to. But it is. I mean, at the end, it inspired whatever it was, but it inspired uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Three Days of the Condor. Um, basically, the reason why I brought it is I think, like, I'm pretty confident that the 70s are, like, one of the best decades of cinema. Um, they have, and especially of the crime, that genre, I absolutely love. And this is one that took me by surprise. Um, basically, um, why I picked the movie is because I think like 
the way it is inspired sp- like spy or like espionage movies uh, through, I think this is like a direct line back. You can see this about the entire organization turning against the one man who doesn't know how to trust the way they're able to build the tension throughout the movie. Fantastic. We'll go back to everybody. Overall thoughts on Three Days of the Condor. Like, dislike. Sidney Pollack directed it, so you know, that's fun. Have at it. Um, yeah, I'd never seen this before. Um, I I didn't know there was this like Winter Soldier comparison until you had said it at some point um, semi-recently. I can see it, um, especially because of the Robert Redford connection, but um, I thought this was really great. Um, I haven't seen a ton of Sidney Pollock stuff. Um, I think he did The Firm, right, with Tom Cruise? Yes. Uh, so I, I watched that during COVID, and I really enjoyed that. Um, so um i thought that was a really good movie and so i'm i really liked this as well this was um i liked that because after i had heard the like winter soldier comparison i was like okay is this gonna be like a big like action movie then and it's not and i love that kind of like i love the fact that it's this like um very 70s very 70s i feel like movie uh redford can we like i feel like i'm not the one who normally says stuff like this payson is usually the one who says weird stuff like that robert redford is like smoking hot in this movie like that man in the 70s my goodness like it's he it's funny because they don't want him to be they want him to be like this nevishy like yeah. nerd and so they like give him glasses and like a coat and sweaters and stuff but it's still robert redford oh like, yeah yeah uh, but i thought he was great i really liked just i i love movies like this and like the firm like people finding out like um, information that they're not supposed to have, they're getting hunted down, like type of stuff. Like I just found it really interesting. I, I think that the the thing that h- held me back a little bit from like this being like an all timer on first watch is I don't love it because it's so seventies. I don't love the um, I forget the name of the actress that's in it that he kidnapped. Faye Dunaway. Dunaway. She's Faye great, Dunaway. but it's very like. Oh, I randomly grab you, and a day later we're doing it because that's what we do in seventies movies. Like I didn't love that part of it, but everything else I thought was super interesting. It looks amazing um, for us. And again, Robert Redford it was just like awesome in the movie. Like I love him when I see him and stuff. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. So I'm I'm happy I got to watch it. Had a reason to watch it, I guess. This is one of those yeah. movies that I had. Oh, this one's movies that I had marked as I had watched it. Um, I'm not sure I ever did. I had to unmark it as watch because not a single frame of this looked familiar to me. So I'm like, if I did watch it, I must have just completely forgotten it. Um, so I watch it essentially for the first time, and I and I actually did enjoy this. I think I enjoyed the like the tone and the style of it more than the actual execution of it. The story kind of left me a little flat, especially in the ending. But I like the way it looked, um, except for the opening. The opening credits felt like a 70s TV show. But other than that, I, I actually really like the look of it and the style. Um, I think it works as well as it does because of Robert Redford. I think he is great in this. Um, he's amazing. I mean, he's worked with Pollock like, what, like seven times or something like that. So. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. He did well in that. Yeah. Um, Faye Dunaway was in the middle of like her run where she did, what was it, uh, like Bonnie and Clyde, this, and Network in the three-year span. It's like, that's a hell of a run. Yeah, there. Um, I agree with with uh, Tim. 
I didn't buy that love story at all, though. <laughs> as much as I like both those actors, it's like all of a sudden one scene they're just making out, and then it goes just straight on, you know, sex scene, porn sex, and all going on. Yeah, you didn't love. You didn't <laughs> love him. Like, he like. Yeah, so I, I there's a theme. That. There's a there's a lot of porn yeah. sex scenes in all our films here. Almost. <laughs> yeah, there are some choices made by a lot of people today. That's interesting. Yeah, that's well, that choice is handmade. But, but yeah, I mean, this is this is a movie. It's the kind of thing I like where it's like you know, it's it's kind of a, a an espionage story, but it's not about a secret agent. Like he even says, like I'm not an agent. He's the guy who works that happens to work at the CIA. I read books, and I kind of like the ones that don't focus on like the secret agent. It's just like some dude who's caught up in the middle of all this. And so I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, overall, overall, I enjoyed it. You know, like I said, the, the style more than the actual story, but I liked it. I'm shocked that I... people didn't love when he ma- basically just mansplains her emotional like state to her and why she should, you know, be falling for him or whatever. Go ahead, Patience. Sorry, you were going to talk earlier. <laughs> No, I I really really vibed with this movie. Um, yeah, like Cody, I love these like seventies crime films. I do think the seventies is probably the best decade when it comes to movies, and these types of movies are often the reason why. Um, I love uh, Redford's character. His name was Joseph Turner, I believe, uh, was the name of his character. Yeah, I love how he feels like this like weird meekish guy. But it is Redford. Like he, it, it's you. You never really get to see Redford play like this, like nerdy, nerdy character type. And it was really fun to see him do that here. Uh, I thought the rest of the cast was really, really strong. Like Max von Sydow shows up. Is is seventy Sydow? Is it safe to call that young Max von Sydow? Like I was he always, he always, he always looks fifty. Perpetually been seventy <laughs> years old. It's young. Yeah, he's always yes. old. It doesn't matter what movie it is. He's always old. Yeah, and of, uh, and then Cliff Robertson shows up. You got Uncle Ben from Spider Man. Um, I like whenever I'm watching a seventies movie and I hear just those like computer typing sounds. I'm always like, let's go, baby. And yeah, like I love how like um, how uh, I I I understand the Winter Soldier comparisons, but like I love how like there really isn't like that many action scenes like there's one major one where redford has to fight like like a delivery man-esque guy and of course there's one at the beginning but like it, it usually just keeps the tension towards like the directing style and i i really really love that i just want to get ahead of this the reason why it's the winter soldier comparison is because you're working for an organization and then it turns against it the action is not what comparison it's, it has nothing to do with no, that. that's what i'm saying it's it's marvel is propaganda to try and legitimize their movies by comparing it to an actual film from the 70s anyway go ahead. <laughs> it's a great film it's, it's a great film but go ahead Sorry, Scott. Go. anybody else want to talk about it? uh yeah i'll i'll jump in i guess and say um uh, this is definitely my kind of movie. Um, yeah, like the whole procedural, like, you know, I, I'm the same way as Brian. I think uh, I think I watched it one time, but I didn't remember anything about it, so it's a first-time watch. Except I did remember at one point he was in a payphone making a phone call. So, um, you know, remembered very significant portion of this movie, but no. Um, yeah, it, it's good. Um, there are some logic things, like, that are a little, like, eh. Like, the, the, you're talking about the, the delivery man scene, like, He's being so cautious, like, because he understands that, like, anyone could be a threat to him or whatever. Um, but then this delivery man comes to the door and rings the doorbell. First of all, he not, not only does he open the door in the first place, which he probably shouldn't have done, 
he then just like you know lets the guy just walk into the house when he like goes you know goes back to to do whatever he needs to do um and the, there and the is a good reason for that though it's so the fight can happen well yes of course so that, that's, that's very true um that's very true i didn't think about that but anyway just a few things like that i agree that like the plot isn't necessarily like super satisfying but you know, I don't necessarily come to these like spy thrillers for the plot. I mean, the James Bond movies, like none of the plots in those movies make sense. Like it's really just about the vibes and the action and all that. And like, I think the vibes are good in this movie for the most part. Again, other than the romance stuff. Um, yeah, I think Redford's great. Um, but, you know, saying that, I do think when it gets to the end and it's like, oh, it was all about oil. It's like, Okay, like sure. <laughs> um, it's, it's just like, it kind like, of fizzles out a little bit. But I did really like the last scene of him with the guy on the street, like mm-hmm. um, being like, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm going to go tell." Or I told the New York Times about this or whatever, and the guy's like, "Well, how do you know they're going to print it?" And like that's the note that the movie ends on. Like you know, again, great like '70s paranoia stuff. Like this is the stuff that people were worried about at the time. But it's definitely a, a solid movie for sure, um, and. Um, you know, definitely one of the the better examples of its its genre for the time. All right, yeah, I was polite. I'm new here, so I'll go last. <laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Um, I enjoy the fact that we're along for the same ride as Redford throughout the film. Of we have no idea what's happening. Like a case in point. Like, one of my favorite movies of all time is Die Hard. And if you were to just take Die Hard and shift the POV to only John McClane for the entire film, completely different film. Like, information's limited. You're finding out some things along the way. Whereas we're spectators in that. In this one, we are along the ride for with Redford. Where I'm like, what the hell is going on? What the hell did this guy do? I have no idea what's happening. And I, I think that really made for the better film. As far as like that, not I do love Die Hard more. I'm just saying for a better experience in this film, of mm-hmm. all the information we get, we're getting it with him, so we're along for the ride. We're, we've we've got to like fill this out, and watching him just like just outsmart everybody and just kind of get ahead of things, it was a joy. And I also kind of really love the big surprise of Max von Sydow's like, now I'm working for them again. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Would you touch? Let's clean this up. <laughs> He's like, it's a job, man. I don't care. <laughs> And also, this is, like, just after Watergate America. So I feel like this hits really close to home now in that landscape. So, yeah, no, it was, a, it was an excellent movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I also yeah. like the fact that this was under two hours. Um, because the fact that, like, there's just, there's just a lot of movies of the time. Like, one of the downfalls of, I feel like, the 70s to me is that there are movies that I think are really, really good that, as Brian would put it in his reviews, whole scenes or, like, plots could be cut out of the movie. And this one, I feel like it uses all, like, it's like 115 minutes or something like that. It uses, like, every minute to its advantage. And that's awesome. There's, like, no filler here except for, like, maybe some of the love stuff that we've all kind of said is kind of meh. But, like, the actual, like, political thriller stuff that we're here to watch, it is, it, it's timed and paced really, really perfectly. And I just, I think that that is a testament considering there are other movies from the time that have similar vibes, similar stories that, again, I like long movies, but 
go into that like 230, 240 yeah. range I that don't it, use it well. I think it was interesting what like Bill said. It was like we're learning this information as we go and that like changes like how this is I think if we were like a spectator and I don't know if I'd enjoy it as much as we're getting evidence, like when he gets into the elevator with the guy and like all the people enter and you just feel the tension. There's no like the, there's no suspenseful music that plays. There's nothing like cues in. You just oh, that, feel the says, silence. We start, if anyone wants to get out that scene. Oh, the elevator scene that yeah. inspired the elevator scene in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I was going to say it, but you know, the propaganda from Marvel, those down <laughs> masters right. of keep the movie right. theaters open. When I was watching Anyways. the movie, I was like, this reminds me of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when the tension and then the more people come into it, and those kids that just press all the buttons that you just want to punch in the face. Mm-hmm. But like, I love where he like sets up the different things. Like when he goes to the phone booth and he places the call, and he's like, "What's the what's the thing? What are you like?" And he's like trying, but now like his mind is turning up. Like, can I trust this person across the phone? Uh, in the thing when he gets the kids to follow him out. Like, because he knows the guys are like going to try to take him out once he leaves, and it's just like. You're, he's like trying to be one step ahead because he doesn't know who to trust, and that's why I like it. Was I think it's Pollock's direction and deci- decision making because he could have made those cheesy, or the tension go away really fast, or let us in on somebody not being because that guy in the thing could have been he doesn't do anything to him when he gets out like he's fine, but because he has an ulterior motive, and I think that's just a really smart direction. The tension that they're able to develop in this movie. Is what works. The one thing that does work, it always holds it back for me. It's four and a half. Like, I've given it on Letterboxd before. It's four and a half for me. It's because of that relationship. I don't get behind it. I have it's just like, we're 70s. There's a man. There's a woman. Gotta be love. Let's put it together. This man doesn't need any. He's like a slapper and verbally abuser a little bit. And then they're going to have sex. And it's going to be great. And the audience is going to love it. <laughs> That's it's the, the 70s. 70s. Yeah, it, it, or anything prior. Like, it's just, it's yeah. in every film. So, yeah, that's the only thing that always holds it back for me. Um, yeah, but yeah, I love the tension that they're able to build. And I do love, I love the ending for this movie. So, yeah, it's super solid. Anybody else? I agree that Another I think that uh, the, one of the reasons, like I said, why I liked it was because of Redford. I think he's what makes it work. And I think a lot of it is because, as they were saying, is that you're seeing the whole movie through his eyes. And so, like, as he's trying to come up with theories of what's going on, whether they're right or wrong, you're kind of following through with him. Like he's like, Oh, maybe there's a CIA within the CIA and all this kind of stuff. Oh yeah. That, that line was incredible. And he was just like, what if there's a C us, another CIA inside the CIA? I yeah. was like, hell yeah. It's just watching his mind work in all these theories, you know, whether they're right or wrong, you're still kind of in his shoes and kind of, like you said, he doesn't know who he can trust. He doesn't know if he can use the phone, all that kind of stuff. That's kind of fun. And then um, as, as Bill was saying with, with Max von Sydow, how they just totally subvert your expectations. You think it's building up to this big face off between those two. And he shows up. He's like, no, we're cool. And like, oh, key okay. to lift. I drop you off. <laughs> Plus, I'm just glad, glad I get to see Max von Sydow because I was supposed to bring Strange Brew on a previous episode I had to drop out of, but now I still get Max, Max von Sydow. So there you go. Um, yeah. So one last Scott, thing I want to. Go ahead, Payson. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the one last major factor I want to just touch on, and maybe this is just because like I'm I, I was born '97, so like whenever this pops up, it's always like a whoa moment. But like whenever I'm watching a movie from like t- before 2001 on, and I see the World Trade Center, it's always like <laughs> oh, what? that existed. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a definitely a standout moment. In most films, whenever I see it, I'm just like oh, yeah. 
I was also uh, just going to use the opening credits where it's based on the novel Six Days of the Condor. I'm like, why did they have to cut off those extra three days? I don't know what that was about. It's too long to move. Wouldn't it be under two hours for two? Yeah, there was a lot more sex. There was a lot more sex. They stayed a lot longer. Yeah, they stayed a lot longer. Yeah, that's the uh, relationship. Gonna... It's spread up. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I love another thing. I love is like in movies from this era. Ha- like when you're trying to solve problems with like this, all this antiquated technology. I always love that in movies, which they do some of that in this movie, like the, the phone tracing and stuff. Black Christmas is another movie from this era where there's like this crazy phone tracing scene yeah. where they have like all these servers and like it's like I don't even understand what's going on. I was going to say that earlier. I've talked a lot recently about how I love when movies like throw me into a world and don't explain shit to me and let me figure it out. And I feel like the 70s were great for that. They were like, we're not going to explain to you how phone tracing works, but it's going to look fucking cool. And Robert Redford yeah. is sweaty and sexy doing it. So there you go. Yeah, it's always those. It's in all those movies where they like do the super like <laughs> they zoom in on the person's face. Like this is how we assume technology is going to work in yeah. the future. They have no clue. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So overall, great film. I think. I think most people enjoyed it. That's great. Mine's four and a half. Uh, we'll go to Tim. Get your rating on it. What do you, um, what do you I go four stars. Um, I might have gone five if they hadn't done the um, perspective thing Bill was saying. Yeah. If they if they had done the had us like like in Captain America: The Winter Soldier, if they had had us uh, like knowing everything the whole time, I might have gone five stars. But no, I, I love you, Scott. I'm sorry. Uh, four stars. This is an awesome movie. Honestly, like if I could watch, I I would like to show Maggie this movie. I think she would really like it. And um, uh, it might it might go up, but I very much enjoyed it. I need to get into more Pollock stuff for sure. Payson, yeah, I would go four and a half stars. I think this is just an excellent, excellent movie, and I'm so happy I finally get to watch it for the first time. Either my favorite or my second favorite new watch I did for this episode. Awesome, Bill. Yeah, I'd go four for this one. Um, just really excellent. My only gripe is the weird love story angle. Um, I could have, although I will say, once they get over the awkward hump, them two together actually like fucking dripping with chemistry, and they are great. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a weird awkward. Let me tie you up in your bedroom now. Let's. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so it's, it's a little weird. So, yeah. Don't knock the trip, Brian. <laughs> your pick. Um, yeah, I like to be talking. Oh no, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I did like it. I think that the the the, the story of it, and especially the kind of anticlimactic ending, in my opinion, kind of took away from it, though. But I still gave it three and a half. Oh, I'll take that from Ray uh, and Scott. Four stars. I definitely enjoyed it. Rock solid. Um, you know, great vibes. Good Redford. Solid watch. Yeah, and I can't wait till roundtable. Uh, in a couple episodes, we're going to do MCU night. We're going to have Scott and Tim back on. It's going to be a blast when we're talking yeah, about the, I'm the sick, MCU. Sick that, um, show, yeah. uh, no, that would be so much fun to watch. No, it would not. <laughs> Because Tim, yes, Tim and Scott, this is we the, would the, hate we, each other. Too. We would. I like Scott. I want to keep like it's okay oh, that we disagree, but we don't need to yeah. make, a, make a fucking spectacle out of it. And I don't want to be on because I know that's the round one would yell at me because I bring Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two because that's still my favorite. Instance. No, that's just me. That's just me. <laughs> um, well, speaking to Bill, 
It's your time. Fresh. Mm-hmm. All right. So the big reason why I picked this one is this is a personal favorite movie of mine. I remember when this came out, it was like, it got out of home video. And when I was a kid, like I was really super into movies. So I would go down to like my video store and the guy, the guy was like, you gotta watch this. It's fucking amazing. And I was like blown away by how good this film was. And this film was on like every critic's best of at the end of the year, just about. It was just like critically beloved. And then it just went away. Everyone just somehow forgot about it. It's kind of weird. Uh, it's also weird that Boaz Yakin, the guy who did Remember the Titans, started his career with this film. And what a completely different film this is. And I don't want to go into it because I know we're going to talk about it. But uh, everyone I try to get to watch this, they're like, Jesus Christ, I can't get over how good this is. So it's just one of those films I try to like get people to watch because I think it honestly deserves it. It's it's a fantastic film. I will open the floor for everybody else. Well, for the, the thing record, is, I'm, it's really I'm interesting. Just, I, for the record, you're I'm, good, I'm you're just good. moving around. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we will cut, we will look into the director career that is him. He has so the weird. most interesting directing career I have ever seen. It's like fresh. Ever. Remember the Titans. Uptown Girls. Uptown Girls. Like the thing <laughs> bounces. In, yeah. It doesn't hit anything interesting. And the thing is, he pulls out movies that are like great. Like, I just want to know, like, Disney, especially early 2000s Disney, said, the guy that did Fresh, come do a PG Remember the Titans movie. Like, I don't know how those happened, but I'm glad they happened because it's one of my favorite films in time. Uh, yeah, but we'll open up the floor. Uh, uh, Fresh, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll just get this out of the way. Um, I was, t- I actually, I, I spilled, or I tipped my hat earlier. I was talking to Cody. I really liked this movie. Um, I thought that the ending, especially, really awesome. Like the last 45 minutes or so, I loved. I knew nothing about this going into it. So I was super hyped uh, when I kind of realized what was happening, the chess game that Fresh is playing, um, and just the reveal of him like kind of bullshitting everyone, getting everything that he not necessarily maybe wanted from the get-go, but just like, you know, just like basically one-upping everybody at every turn I thought was great. Um, and, but I also, this movie made me a little, uh, a little uncomfortable. Um, I'm going to guess which scene that was. Yeah. And, and yeah. honestly, and so the thing is, is like the, the thing that is interesting to me as I try to get my dog inside, no, you don't want to come in. Okay. I, I didn't love the dog scene, <laughs> um, dogs fighting. Um, that didn't bother me as much. I was like, okay, this is like. I can't imagine they're actually like making dogs fight here. Like whatever. Like, I don't know. And then the, the scene where he shoots the dog just like really, really bothered. It, it affected me. It honestly made me feel really uncomfortable. I didn't like it, but I'm glad the movie won me back in the end. Um, I'm not going to say what my score is yet, but I still, I would recommend this movie to, to everyone. I think that the, the, like I said, the chess game that's going on, the reveals at the end of what he's doing and everything were awesome. Go in as blind as possible. And I really, really enjoyed it. But 
I I said to Cody earlier, I really don't get affected by like stuff like this, but I think the movie does such a good job at being realistic that that's why it affected me so much. Um, because the movie did such a good job at making you feel um, like you're part of this world, like you're there with him. So when that scene happens, it just felt all the more real. Um, so again, it's the one downside of this movie to me. The rest of it, really incredible. Great child performance. Like, holy shit. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Really shocking imagery, but important stuff. Um, and uh, I really liked uh, Giancarlo Esposito. I thought he was he was dope in this movie. No pun intended. I thought he was oh, yeah. great. Uh I, so yeah, this was. I'm glad I watched it for sure. Well, yeah. I might just uh, also list with a disclaimer. Um, like, this is no shot at Bill or anything. This also happened with Michael's film, uh, Wake and Fright. <laughs> um, of just like a shock, like like not almost like a shock warning that happens because in that movie they just brutally like shoot well, away. The difference is in Wake and Fright, real animals were actually right, right, in the right. Making of they, just, film, yeah. they just blow away a bunch of kangaroos for like twenty minutes of the film, and we're all like, um, oh. "Also, I don't know." And like, this is a genuine question. Like, I'm not trying to be facetious at all. Like, I might have missed something, but and I know we talk spoilers on the show, right? Obviously, yes, like, absolutely. What was the point of him shooting the dog? Because I know the whole thing was that like. He didn't want the dog to be in the fights, but the... Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention this. I thought this the whole time. Not that mad about what happened to Chucky. Was that his name? That kid was fucking... I'm not that mad. Yeah, he's the worst. Very Kid's annoying. Kid's a fucking prick. He was hey, annoying man. as hell. I was like, That's Bill, stupid, what kind of movie man. are you making me watch? Yeah, hey, yeah. Man, you, 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 man. But yeah, played oh. his part perfectly. But what, so good. I genuinely, I think I missed something because plot-wise, what yeah, was they the don't point really of say it, but you get the gist of like... He knows there is no future where he is, and there's a part of him that realizes like this dog is not going to be better off. There's no gotcha. chance of him getting out. That's like, kind of what I got. I have. Out of it, this is the but, sacrifice yeah. I have to do, and that's really that scene where the whole chess game kicks in the high gear. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it was it was kind of, and sorry that I keep rambling. I'll, I'll stop no. after this. But the the first half of the movie I had said earlier was like I enjoyed it. But I wasn't necessarily really captivated or anything, but I enjoyed it. And then um, after that dog scene, even though I was like shocked and really upset, that was when I like really was like, oh, this is this movie. This is great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. but that makes sense. That's kind of, yeah, that's how I took it. Okay, I'll shut up now. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, um, of all the movies that we picked, uh, this was the only one I had not heard of and i was excited to watch it uh especially like cody said when you look up what boaz yakin has done it's been a very interesting career and i really liked this movie um i love how just like real and just gritty the movie feels and i think that's a really big plus to the movie um i love the dialogue like there are a few things to me more fun and this is like a really like niche interest but like when you're watching a 90s movie and they just start talking about comics, like specifically 90s and comics is always just so much fun because that was like such a cool era for comic books. Um, yeah, every chess scene that Fresh has with his dad played by Jackson 
is incredible. Every like diet, the dialogue in these scenes, like when, when his dad is just like, um, you're trying to play aggressive, but every time, uh, I make a move back, you immediately try to go protect to protect your queen. And just like the, the metaphors for that, just the character fresh is just so, so smart. Like at the end, just playing everyone. Um, I, I want to credit Boatman, but I think his review just saying like, it almost feels like you're watching like a, a, a if, if you took the movie Yojimbo and put a 12 year old in that movie of how he's just playing both sides so so well and yeah Giancarlo Esposito one of the most like bad like one of the best actors I think we have if you go back years and years and just seeing him in this movie as as the villain I think is so so much fun like Tim it's it's brutal at points and it was hard to watch especially with those animal cruelty scenes but overall I'm really really happy I watched it I enjoyed it. Um, I think I actually had kind of an opposite reaction to Tim where I liked the first part of the movie um, a lot. And then the actual, when the, the, you know, the shoe drops and we like see the, the last half hour and sort of how he's conned everyone. I just thought there were some moments where his, his plan really hinged on people believing what he was going to say, like about, Oh, Hey, you know, no, actually this guy is, is two timing you and trying to, um, you know, take over your enterprise and overthrow you and everything. And, oh, no, actually, it's the dude at the grocery store, right? He's the one, and he's been seeing, you know, Nicole and all of that, and, which was actually kind of true. But anyway, um, he, it's still, it's it's all dependent on these people believing him. And I get it to some extent that he has built up the trust with these people. And so, like, you know, they, they maybe they are going to believe him. But I just felt a little bit of reservations about, you know how easily it could have gone wrong i guess like it wasn't yeah. it wasn't quite a you know as foolproof maybe <laughs> as the movie wants you to to believe but um you know obviously in the end like i get you know the police show up and um and he he's hidden the evidence and everything under the bed and that that all that makes sense because you have the evidence there and everything but um i i guess it just didn't fully click for me the actual like denouement and um and how his plot clicks into place but i, I mean I, I thought it was a, a good movie um yeah very raw and I, I definitely think that sean nelson was fantastic as the kid it's surprising that he hasn't done anything else really um since this movie came out um he you know he makes you believe the the tough guy act that he's he's putting on so i thought he was great in that regard um yeah, I like the relationship with the father. I wish we had gotten maybe a little more of like his relationship with the sister as well, because that, that that's kind of you know a pretty important you Big know part, yeah, motivating force for him uh, in doing all of this. And I don't know, she gets like maybe one, two important scenes, but I thought there could have been a little bit more there. Um, but yeah, it's it's good, um, and you know, it's it's a good ensemble cast too you know again sam jackson is great as the dad um i liked the very last scene um of him just sort of finally breaking down and showing some emotion um when he's like sort of held it in throughout the whole movie i thought that was great um just a few plot things that held me back from like love loving it yeah this is one it started i have not seen this movie before um I had heard of it, but never watched it. And uh, it started off and it was okay. You know, it wasn't really grabbing me, but it wasn't bad. 
But I think once um, the first scene with Samuel L. Jackson, him playing chess in the park, once Samuel L. Jackson shows up, I thought it really kind of kind of kicked into gear and clicked for me because that whole scene is very well done. I thought Samuel obviously does a great job as always, but even just uh, Sean Nelson, I thought I think that the kid's a really great actor here. And I did the same thing. I kind of looked to see what else he had done. And I mean, he's been in stuff, but the only thing I actually remember him from is um, The Wood, where he played the young version of Omar Epps' character. Um, but I thought the movie really kicked into gear there and then followed immediately by Giancarlo Esposito. I thought he was amazing in this movie. Um, I do think the whole, I think the chess scenes are great. Although I think the whole metaphor of chess as a metaphor for life, they kind of beat that metaphor in the ground a little hard. Um, overdid that maybe a little bit in my opinion, but I do, I like the way this was directed. I, there was some, and they kept kind of guessing. Like I remember the, on the playground shooting scene where at first you don't realize the girl's shot and then they kind of move over and then you see that girl, he likes a shot. I did not. That, see that scene coming. was excellent. Yeah. I did not see that, that coming well. at all. Terrifying scene. Yeah. Brutal. And then, and then the, um, as far as like the dog fighting scenes, you know, I don't like to see dog fighting, but it's like, this is supposed to be a bunch of bad people. So didn't surprise me at all. But then when the, the scene came where he strung up the dog and at first I was trying to strangle the dog and then he gets the gun and shoots him. I'm like, I want this kid to die. I really want this kid to die now. And unlike Tim, the movie never won me back because I'm sorry. I just, I know it's just the story, but it's just, I have a hard time sympathizing with a character who's going to do shit that makes me hit him so much. Yeah. But that's just me. But I mean, it, it is a good movie. It just, um, you know, wasn't my literally favorite. you take that scene out and this could easily be an all timer. I, I wouldn't go that far for me, but I think I would like it a lot more. Cause like I said, it was a hard for me to get back on his side after that. The thing is what I, I realized two things, the realness of this movie, it, it got me to, I, I was not able to fully connect back in on the second half after that and i i think that's a silly like for me for for from my viewpoint not for anybody else but like i should have been able to but like that was just like i don't i guess when you see certain things in films for a while you like let them pass i don't see that every day in a film so it's just like that's a lot to take in so when that happened like the feeling like actually hit me quite hard um so that was rough the realness um, it's a total side tangent, but like I'm thinking, like how he's able to uh, attack like this, like real, like situ like it felt real, like this was like watching a slice of life, like out of reality. What I think is like, and I love Remember the Titans. Don't get me wrong; I think the movie's great; it's perfect. But like the restraint he had to even pull doing Remember the Titans, I feel because of how real this movie felt like there's disney behind remember the titans you feel it throughout the movie it doesn't they don't they don't throw punches they hold a lot back uh, the realness of that story in his hands was like i could just imagine a completely 180 movie on that hand because you to tackle the race thing and like that stuff like in real life i think he was the right director so i think that would have been an interesting take but yeah I like the Samuel Jackson stuff. I really did. I think that it's hard not to like that. I think that brings me back because it's like a familiar face and like a safe space. Like, especially when he shows up, like it's like, Oh, I'm okay. Cause everything else is like really real. Um, uh, I think he directs this movie incredible. I think he is. I think the performances um, are really good. Um, the metaphors beaten in. I agree with Brian on that one. I think it they. I get the point, but like it, they do like a Spike Lee level of like hammer it over your head, like, hey, do you get this? It's chess. 
it's life. I get it. Um, but no, I was really surprised. I've never even heard of this movie. Samuel Jackson has done <laughs> 200 plus movies or more at this point, and this is one of that I just have no clue it existed. So, and especially well, the for the director of, so it got totally overshadowed. So, right, exactly, same year. So, yeah. Um, no, so Bill, go ahead. You you've sat back quietly. You can tell yeah. us your. Puppet. So uh, the thing for me is, uh, you know. Because I went back, I, I hadn't seen it for years, and then I went back a few years ago and rewatched it, and I think it just hits even more home now, especially with me growing up in Philly. Like this, just felt like growing up to me. Like everything about this film, like I could just almost feel like the sweat in the summer and the grime of the streets, and they do a fantastic job of like absolutely grounding the film, and it, everyone is great. Like Sean Nelson kills through the entire film. And like going on that journey with him and just seeing this kid win these people over. But at the same time, it's a lot of fantastic setup and payoff of just him paying attention. Like, oh, well, okay. So this guy gets like real weird when people do things behind his back. I'm going to play into that paranoia. And then I'm going to say, oh, no, Jake's actually been ripping you off. I'm like, oh, okay. You're real. Like, it was about my sister. I can easily use that against you. And then that sets up the whole scene with it. Like, and it's just him calculating everybody around him and then watching him unleash this plan and just just going along with him. And because there are times where and the thing I also do enjoy is like while there are violent scenes, you don't really see a lot of violent things. Like it's always kind of off camera, but it's always through his eyes and you're reacting yeah, to basically yeah. the drug war through the eyes of a 12 year old. And the aspects that he is seeing, and he's not necessarily seeing some violent things. And yes, I will agree, he does do a lot of awful things like kill a dog and basically get his friend murdered because yeah. he knew that's exactly what was going to happen. And he knew everything going into this. And he's and it's all set up in the conversations he's having with his dad, like, hey, no, you need to come get this. You don't need to care about the horse. You don't need to care about your queen. You got to come get this guy. Everything else is just a means. And how that in fact uh, basically informs like the decisions he makes throughout the rest of the film, and yeah, I, I fucking adore this film so much. It's so good. Yeah, I I just want to. Uh, I, we can talk about the movie a little bit more in a second, but I do want to like talk. I said I want to talk about like his filmography and like <laughs> why he show like where it's wild. he goes. It's so it's weird. Just, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Is the whole thing like? how you can go from this movie. Like I can kind of see why Disney reached agreement with him on. Well, before um, you even go through everything go else, I think it's funny that there were a few of us that said we had never even heard of this movie. And this is the guy who directed remember the Titans and which is a movie that I think I, I, I would assume a lot of us at least think is good at least uh, if not great. So it's funny that we were all a bunch of us were like, we've never even heard of this movie, and it's directed by a guy who made one a movie that we really really like. So, but then yeah, go ahead, Cody. Not only that, like, so his directing is one thing. So he directs, you know, um, Safe, uh, Max, Uptown Safe Girl. Like he does some movies that are, and then he also writes like a movie that we had on the show, The Harder They Fall. The harder they fall now yeah. you see what? me. Yeah. Oh, yes. He wrote yeah, Prince of Persia. Co-hosts vote to get yeah. into fandom. 
Yeah, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. He wrote that too. It's just the crazy, like this man has just done <laughs> the most wildest. Did like, you say good choices. movie, The Prince of Persia, Scott? Somebody did, I think. I said good movie, yeah. The Prince of Persia starring Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh, yeah. Then let me Starring Alfred it. Molina as a guy who uh, runs ostrich races. That's I mean, fair. come That's on. I if, you've, that. if you've ever been wondering who direct, who also wrote the screenplay to uh, Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights, this guy uh, as well. But like he can he directs like such a grounded like real movie in this. Does remember the Titans and then gets uptime. It's just this man just one either says no to like anything that plops down on his desk or doesn't get a lot of options. But I think it's just crazy. Am I remembering this incorrect? Or, okay, so Uptown Girl was the one I was thinking of. Um, for some reason, I feel like I remember seeing that he directed The Other Woman, but that was somebody else I was looking at. Um, Uptown Girl is... It's like Cassavetti's, right? Was The Other Woman? Uh, Cassavetti's kid? <laughs> woman under the end. Oh. It was correct. Nick Cassavetti's directed The Other Woman. Uh, oh, that's what I was thinking. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, I was like, where were you? Yeah, I was like, but what? No. No, that's a different no, so, thing altogether. So I just think it's—I think it's an interesting director that no one would ever like. If you said who, if you listed these three films like in a trivia question, who directed Uptown Girl, uh, Safe, <laughs> and Remember the Titans, people would be like, "What are you talking about?" So uh, I will say right. the dog movie is not that bad. It came out right after my childhood dog died, and so I refused Max. to see it in the theater. Yeah. And then Maggie was like, Tim, you can't miss a new release because remember, you're the new releases guy. Fast forward 10 years and now Payson is in my life. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, anybody else want to have things to talk about from Fresh before we did, grade it? Did Payson talk about it or did I miss that when I was running around? No, he talked. Okay, I was, I was dealing with Bucky. He, quote, he quoted Boatman. Oh, that's right. Okay, you're right. Sorry. Come on. Okay, we'll get scores. Unless, okay, perfect. Uh, Bill, it's your movie. I mean, this is a five-star movie for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, Brian. Three. Okay. Payson. Four. Scott? I gave it three and a half. I did enjoy it. Three for me. I'm sitting at three. I think it could maybe go a little bit, but I, I, I almost have to skip over or see a lot more dead dogs on screen for me to I think feel okay with that. Uh, Tim. I've been thinking about this since Thursday. Uh, man that doesn't man that doesn't give half. So I'm gonna go three. Um, but I will say this. I say it a lot where I'm like, it could go up on rewatch. I genuinely think this is one where that really does fit the um, the statement where this is one that I think upon rewatch, it really could go up to like a four. Uh, like I said, take out that scene. I think it could be an all timer. I really did enjoy that second half. So I bet I go three for now. I think I think that's a one thing that uh, people in this community like. If it's one of the biggest tropes ever, and I'm very guilty of it, is like a movie that gets high praise and be like, it could go up on rewatch. It's probably never going up on rewatch. It's going to stay right where it is. But no one can yell I'm at me. I'm never going to rewatch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, you sure can. I was going to suggest that for you. And we're 
we're going to be moving to um, Scott. Hopefully not, uh, not Payson's movie. Payson right there was saying, pull me out, I think is what he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> pull me out. I, was, I was asking for that the entire movie. Pay, uh, Scott, out. go ahead and uh, why'd um, you bring this? So, yeah, so I chose Possessor. Yeah, so, I mean, I think in general, 2020 was just a year where people just kind of like, don't acknowledge that there was a lot of movies that came out that year still because of the COVID, everything that happened with COVID. This was my second favorite movie of 2020. Uh, only Nomadland I liked more. Um, I was just like blown away when I saw this for the first time, but I think a lot of people missed it because, you know, it wasn't showing in theaters. Um, there was like a weird, like there's the uncut version, there's the theatrical version. I, I think people just missed it. But anyway, Brandon Cronenberg directed, he came out with a new movie this year. Um, that already came out, Infinity Pool. So um, I wanted, I thought this would be a good time to revisit this. Um, basically, if you don't know what the film is, um, it's like set in the future and um, there's this technology that allows people to like inhabit other people's bodies. Um, again, it's a Cronenberg, so body horror type stuff is going on, obviously. Um, and you have Andrea Riseborough playing this assassin who um, basically she, again, she inhabits other people's bodies and commits murders in their bodies um, for hire and she's hired to um, to inhabit the body of this guy played by Christopher Abbott and try and kill this guy who's like the head of a, I think it's like a tech company or something um, because again there's a contract out um, on on this guy um, but as she inhabits Christopher Abbott he he seems to have this weird sort of um, control over his own body and psyche and this there starts being this like battle but uh, inside both inside christopher abbott like between the both of them for control of his body um and you know it goes to some crazy places because again it's a cronenberg but i just love the storytelling in this movie like i think from the beginning it sets up like you know the these ideas about um like body dysmorphia and like consumerism and capitalism like turning us into drones and all this stuff like christopher abbott has this job where he just sits and like uh, you know, looks at people's curtains and stuff to like determine, you know, what it is like, what types of curtains people are buying. Like he's doing market research basically, but it's just like, he just sits there and watches um, everything. And he obviously hates it and like is dead inside um, at this job. Um, and so I think they set it up in the beginning, like with her, like starting to like lose control over her actual identity and then in the end you realize like she has lost any sort of like moral compass that she ever had like the, the what that last scene reveals um where she lies like you know again there's that setup early in the movie of like what happened to the it's a butterfly right and she's like oh i felt sorry or something when it died and then in the end like she repeats it again and this time she just does not say like i felt bad when it died or whatever. you see that she's like lost her capacity for feeling but anyway I'm rambling a bit. Anyway, I love the storytelling in the movie. I also think the visuals are crazy, like the the reds and like you know wild color palettes that are going on when like the you know the two people are like at war with each other uh, for control of again of Christopher Abbott's body. I think Christopher Abbott especially gives an amazing performance because he's like playing three different versions. He's playing himself. He's playing Andrea Riseborough controlling him, and then he's playing like both of them fighting each other all at the same time. Um, it's just a really sick like genre movie that has ideas and conveys them in I think a very efficient and effective way. So I think it's great. Um, 
I'm I'm going to get ahead of this because I think there's going to be a few people that like this a lot more than me. Um, I despise this movie to a, like a huge degree. Um, the thing is, I love the concept of this movie. And this just falls back on it. I know he's beloved. Cronenberg in general, if that's the last name, I'm running for the hills. I do not care. This is like... <clears throat> As much as I hate directors that just do like, uh, like I don't know how to describe it, quirky things or like scenery or just because that's what they do, Cronenberg's like the absolute worst at it. Like, and he passed it off to his son, so that's a great Christmas gift that he gave. But like this body dysmorphia stuff just disgusts the shit out of me. Like him, like the I I my family and I was watching I was watching on my computer because. I'm glad I didn't watch this when I could watch it with everybody. And I was like, my face was just like this the entire time. And they're like, what are you watching? I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it at this point because it's just gross on top of gross on top of gross. Like, But the, the concept of the movie I like. So I wish somebody else would have directed it, I guess. And I guess it wouldn't have been a story because I think you can tell this thing without blood pouring all out of the wounds and then digging in and their face melting off and they're like oh and assholes and genitals on screen for like regardless for no reason whatsoever to tell the story um like this is they did the same thing where you took over someone's body kind of isn't this what they did in wonder woman 84 when chris pine got thrown like into that other person's body and don't don't talk about that no you're trying to make scott explode (laughs) i'm gonna say i'm gonna say i would watch that movie maybe over this one again it's just like it's just gross like it's just gross on top of it just to be gross um because but but people like that and like and now i'm like having ptsd but I have to respond because it is not just gross for the sake of being gross. It is a plot point that this is how she kills people, right? She kills people in a grotesque way when she well, is no. not supposed to because that is her starting to lose control over herself. herself. Well, I have to counterbalance. Well, if that's how they kill, then they also have to dig into the top of the head to insert the thing and blood pour out. That's but, how the Now we're just being gross to be gross. That's interesting. Um, the grotesque, if that was just the killing, but like her, like wanting to like paint her hands in blood just didn't need to happen. Um, I'm also getting PTSD now anytime I see the neon logo like pop up because it's either good or bad, but I'm starting to like, I'm starting to like freak out when it happens. And again, it's they they just make movies that are not for me. Like that's the thing. Like I'm not saying like I, if you find this movie enjoyable, I'm happy for you. I'm glad. But like for me, I think I'm gonna start shaking if I see it again. Um, we will pass it around because I'm I'm I guarantee I'm going to be in the minority for this movie. I want to go, go next. Oh no, go ahead, Brad. I want to go next because Cody just like basically hacked into my computer and read my notes. Um. I will say, I, I did not despise this movie. I did not despise this movie. I didn't love it, but I did not despise it. Um, first of all, I think Christopher Abbott looks just like Kit Harrington. Kept throwing me off the whole movie. Um, that's a whole side thing. But, I mean, I oh, like I him, though. I really like the concept of it. It's a cool idea, and some of the co- ways they did it I thought were kind of cool. If they made, like, a, a major studio mainstream version of this, I'd be all over that. But this version of it is not for me. And, and I admit that it's, it's not, I'm just going to say it's bad. I'm just saying this is not for me. And because and, I, I even have in my notes here, 
Neon for me is just one step above A24 in the boobies that aren't for Brian. It's just Neon. When I see Neon, I'm just kind of like, oh my God. The only good thing is I know if it's Neon, I can find it on Hulu. So it's free to watch. Parasite. Hey, yeah. Parasite. Uh, there, there are exceptions. Well, there are exceptions. It's good or bad. Yeah. I like. But generally so, speaking. Oh, sorry. Oh, generally speaking, this is not my kind of thing. But I mean, it's, it's like, I, like you said, I like the concept of it. I think the performances were pretty good. Although Andrea Riseborough, honestly, is a supporting actress in this movie. She's like hardly in it compared to the other actors yeah. because you know, her, her presence is there, but her actual, her physically is not right. in as much of the movie. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm totally willing to write this off. It's just a movie that's not not the style for me. Because, I, I again, I also have never been a big fan of Cronenberg's either. So um, I, either one of them. But but they aren't movies that I hate. They're just movies that are like, eh, not my thing. So me being a fan of Cronenberg, I'll, I'll chime in that this movie is fine. It's fine. Like I, it was fine. Um, I do appreciate a good gore. That's just a little bit of who I am as a person. Thought it took a little too far murdering a kid. That was a little much. Could have probably could have done without that. But is uh, it bad that I hated the dog killing more than the kid killing? I don't know. See, it's funny. I'm the other way around because at least I didn't have to bad, watch yeah. the dog's brain fly out of the back oh. of his fucking head. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was having been said, I agree with everybody. That this is a great premise. My only issue is, and it's funny because I was like everybody else. Soon as I saw Neon, I'm like, well, I know what kind of movie I'm in for. So <laughs> it's okay. I'm either going to be like, holy shit, it's I amazing, mean, or I'm like, fucking wrap it up. And I kind of was in the ladder this time. I just feel like it took too long. And I was like, how is this under two hours? And I feel like it's taking forever for some reason for me. It just was. I just feel like it just took forever wow. to get there. Also, I will admit, performances are great. Visuals, I'm all for it. I love a good color palette as much as anybody, and this movie digs into that. And as I'm watching the movie, my like, Andrea Reisenberg, this woman looks kind of familiar. And I was blown away because, like, she was in Oblivion that I just watched two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how the fuck is that the same person? <laughs> that is insane. That is, like, Gary Oldman level of method that I was not ready for. I'm like, you look like a completely different human being. Bravo to you. But I won't say it's a bad film. But I'm not in a rush to rewatch it. And I, my only issue was pacing and a little bit. Like, I feel like they could have sped it up a little bit. That is just for me. So, but yeah, I mean, it's fine. I wouldn't say it's bad. So. Go ahead, Basil. I enjoyed this. Yeah, I I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was good, not great. Like everyone said, I just think the premise of this movie is so cool. Just the idea of like this assassin, like being able to like sink their mind up into another person and take control of that and then like it makes you like it like it makes you think about like how ethical that is obviously it's not ethical um the gory stuff is just sort of like it's not something that bothers me in movies but it's just always like i i do think like cody and brian there comes a point where i'm just like okay okay like at one point i just become like desensitized to it um, I'll admit, I, I was a little confused the plot by points, and I think on rewatch, maybe it could become a little bit more clear. Hey, look, I, I did the thing. Um, I love it whenever Jennifer Jason Lee shows up in a movie. I think she's one of, like, the most underrated actresses, like, ever. Like, we, we do not appreciate her enough. Like, Hunt Sucker Proxy, let's go. Um, and then, yeah, like Scott said, I think the visuals are great. Yeah, Brian, you got it. Um... <laughs> The, the visuals, I think, in this movie are really, really cool. 
And even if I wasn't like the most invested in the story, I can look at that. Um, and then, yeah, I throw neon, like parasite, pin. Let's go. Uh, guess where I lean on this one? You like it. Yeah, this movie's fucking awesome. Like, what are we talking about, guys? Uh, yeah, so um, I'm Team Scott with uh, with apparently when we see the neon logo, we get scared. I, I love the neon logo. The neon yeah, logo yeah. shows up and I'm pumped. Um, you like the car fucking movie too? Interesting. I, yeah. I gave it three stars and you were very upset with me. Um, so I didn't love it. But anyway, um, I've been wanting to watch this one for a really long time. Uh, my favorite part of the experience of watching this film was uh, in the middle of it, I googled what is the difference between the uncut and the theatrical, because I watched the uncut, that was what was on Hulu, and uh, Reddit had a lot to say about erect penises, so that was fun. Yeah, I, I think it's just that one scene where he wa- is watching the thing at work, and like he yeah. sees the people having sex or whatever, I think it's just like slightly more explicit in the uncut version. Like I think oh, that's the only difference. Yeah. Great, uh, great! I got to see that. But Sorry, I missed that. I've only seen um, the uncut version, so like I don't. I don't really know. No, I I really dug this though. Um, I have found that I the Cronenberg I have seen I really like. Um, I ha- disclaimer I haven't seen a lot. Um, I've seen The Fly. I've seen History of Violence. I've seen Eastern Promises. So I haven't seen a lot of like his big other like heavy hitters from early in his career. Um, but but so far, this was my introduction to Brandon, and I thought he did a great job. I love the body horror stuff. Um, but like everybody said, the concept fucking awesome. I was in from the get go because of that, um, and. I really, really liked the, towards the end, the back and forth of her kind of falling in and out of him and like that whole part of it towards the end I thought was interesting. You throw Sean Bean into the mix, I'm always game. Um, That man has died in so many interesting ways over the years. So you gotta, you gotta love to see it. Um, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. This isn't, like, one that I think, like, it ended and I was like, wow, I'm really glad I watched that. I dug it. I'm interested to see the rest of his movies. But, because I have not seen Infinity Pool yet. It came it's out. Good. It played only a week at the theater near me, and I was in Nashville at the time, so I didn't get a chance to see it in the theater. But as soon as it comes out on Blu-ray, I'll pick it up and watch it, and I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Um, but I'm very, this is one where I was like, I really dug it. I'm excited to see his next films. Um, I don't know that I would ever run back to watch this because this type of movie would absolutely destroy Maggie. She would hate this. Um, but I, I agree with Payson, Jennifer, Jason Lee showing up. I like the whole concept of like, it really clicked with me when they did that first thing where Jennifer, Jason Lee was like, they gave you a gun like why did you why did you mm-hmm. t- kill in that way or whatever like and she was like oh i thought it was more in character and she was like in whose character i was in like let's character? fucking yeah. go i was like i am in so as just a like a character study and then you throw in like body horror and stuff like that like i'm all about that i thought this was great um i will say though the thing that keeps it from being like five stars like 
incredible to me. I agree with Bill. I thought the pacing was kind of weird. Um, where like was I think that was Bill that said it. It was like an hour forty-five. Um, but for some reason, it, it felt a lot longer than I think it needed to be. And I don't know where you trim it or whatever. But for some reason, the pacing and stuff just felt a little off to me. Um, but I really, really enjoyed it. Again, I've been wanting to watch it for a long time, so I'm glad this gave me the reason to, because uh, it's been in my watch list on Hulu for like two and a half years. So whenever it came out, I so. I can tell you where you cut it. I I could cut it. it was cool, like 30 minutes off this movie right there. And I want to I want to retract something I said. I said neon, like I'm getting PTSD because there's good and bad. Like I don't know what I'm getting at this point, but like sometimes I get a movie like Broker that I saw this past year, loved it. But then I get some Very movie bad. like that. this, and I'm like, eh. I didn't Was the neon demon neon? No. No. But I think Teton um, was, if I'm was not mistaken. I think it, it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Teton definitely is, yeah. Neon yeah. yeah. did not exist when the neon demon came out, so it can't be. Let's not talk about that what? film. Either That's way. Yeah. Either way, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I think where it goes down to it is, um, is it a good, is it a bad movie? I, I don't, I just will never put the, like, Tim was talking about, like, that's freaking great. I'm never going to watch it again. Well, that's fair, but, like, I don't even think I could ever. I've watched it four times, so. Jesus. Well, you know, I'm proud of you, Scott. I was with, I, but I was with um, Bill. I was like, this movie didn't seem that long, but it felt really long because it was what was on the what the subject matter so uh anybody else want to say anything else about one it? thing what? i'll tell you what you could cut maybe the 900 fucking production companies at the beginning of this film like <laughs> that was annoying to me I, like that was just like what the Respect fuck like how many fair. hands are going through this film scott uh what's your rating call me out uh five stars <laughs> okay semi top um, Oh, uh, we'll go. We'll go. Tim, he loved it. Four stars. Four stars. Yeah. You said it's not five, so I figured. Yeah. Um, Payson, good movie. Three and a half. Bill, uh, I am with Payson on the three and a half as well. Huh. Brian, for me, two. Me, one and a half. Um. And that's for concept, I think. Alone. Um, and before right, the blow happened, <laughs> um, I, I'm getting a little. I, I looked at my half stars. I'm like, I'm a little ridiculous with a half star on some of them, but like, um, I'm trying to get better with my ratings. Uh, but yeah, that's a one and a half. I'm never gonna watch it again. But it happened. Um, don't, next, don't ever watch Infinity Pool. It is more extreme than this movie. Well, he, we'll, we'll have to watch can we do it something on someone's top 10 next year and then he has to it won't be on mine i didn't really, okay. i mean can we can we fine. just make an agree can we make an agreement scott just sitting here you don't do that to me because the only <laughs> no, time i'm not I'm going to again don't bring I, it on I'm this show and don't bring it on well maybe i'll be fine no i'm not that crazy about the movie i won't guess who won't be on two 2023 movies of the year tim told 13 year old to go fuck himself so let me out Tell us what you, well, why'd you bring it? <laughs> so yeah, I brought Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Um, this is a movie, uh, it's the only film directed by Tom Stoppard, uh, based on his own play. Uh, this is a guy, he's been a playwright and a screenwriter, he's done everything from Terry Gilliam's Brazil to Shakespeare in Love. So I mean, he's done a lot of different stuff. But I, when he, he did his own play here, I thought this is kind of his best stuff. Um, I'm, 
I, I love Shakespeare, Shakespeare movie adaptations, whether they're, you know, classical versions or modern day updates. Um, I like all that stuff, as well as anything that's even like tangentially um, connected. Um, in the case of this, um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, with, with his play, he took two very minor characters in Hamlet and basically followed their story. Like while, while the Hamlet story is going out, going on, it kind of follows them on what they're doing when they're off stage. They kind of weave in and out of the story that we know of Hamlet and it follows them. This is something that was copied by like Strange Brew is essentially Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Um, and and uh, Lion King one and a half is Timon and Puma being Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. It's the same thing. This is where they got it from. Dig a tunnel, dig a tunnel. <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, Dreyfus is... Uh, I will kick you out. Dreyfus's character, the player, even says a line in there by like every... Look at every exit as an entrance somewhere else. And it's kind of where it is. Like when you see their characters go off screen, this is where they're going. This is the adventure they're going on. Um, I think that first and foremost, I love the cast of this movie. I got Tim Roth as technically Guildenstern. Um, and I love, uh, most of all, I just love the exasperated looks he gives, he gives uh, Gary Oldman's Rosencrantz because he signed the, because Rosencrantz, Gary Oldman is kind of the more dim-witted of the two. Um, and so he gets to have a lot more fun with this part, whereas Tim Roth is just kind of like this, almost kind of the straight man to most of the movie. But I think the chemistry between the two of them is just phenomenal. And this is kind of before both their careers really took off. So I love going back and seeing this, this role of both of theirs before they really took off. Um, the role of Hamlet is played by Ian Glenn, whom we might know as uh, Joran Marmot in uh, Game of Thrones. Or as Maggie calls him, like... Captain Friendzone. Friendzone. <laughs> yeah, it's weird seeing him at like 28 instead of whatever he was, 55 or whatever in Game of Thrones. Um, so it's kind of fun seeing that. Um, it, now this movie, it's clearly based on a play. I mean, it's, it's I, I think my biggest criticism of the movie is that it is kind of slow paced, especially in the second half. It like really slows down. And I, I freely admit that. Um, but this is a movie, like I said, based on a play. It's all about kind of the wordplay and the dialogue and the conversations. And taken as like these individual scenes, I really love so much of this movie. Um, I will say I don't love the whole movie. Like I said, mo mostly because of the pacing of it. But I do like it. Um, I mean, from the very beginning, it kind of kicks in this surreal tone. Um, so like the characters don't have any memory from before like that day before they were sent for by the messenger. And it's kind of because they're in someone else's story. They didn't exist basically before today. And they say, and they're kind of coming to grips with their own, like, you know, what is, what is life and what is mortality? They're coming to grips with that kind of thing. And I just kind of love kind of that approach to it, where it's like, these are characters in someone else's story. Their lives don't really exist outside of that. And what does that mean to them? Um, I got more to talk about, but I will let everyone else chime in first. Yeah. So everybody else's thoughts. Yeah. Uh, this is a movie I've been wanting to watch for a while. Cause like Brian, uh, as someone who studied theater in uh, college, Shakespeare is always something that's interested me. And I've always just thought the concept of taking these two side characters from Hamlet and making movies just sounded really good. And for the most part, I liked it. I think the movie is at its best when it's, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern just like talking and having conversations. Mm. Like I think like the movie immediately had me at the beginning where they're just flipping the coin and they're talking about like the odds of just keep on flipping the coin and how that uh keeps on going down. Uh the cast is great. I think Richard Dreyfus is a ton of fun as uh as the player and the person that's just like putting on this whole thing. I think uh Dreyfus is just one of those guys that I just always love. Uh Ian Glenn 
is such a fun Hamlet. Um, introduced when he's just like clucking the chickens, super fun. And like, I'll I'll say it, Ian Glenn is a that is a good looking man. Like you see him, it's like damn, what a fine gentleman that is. You and, wouldn't friends uh, with him. Yeah, yeah. Who I Daenerys, I have no idea what she was doing. Uh, would have taken that man. Uh, but yeah, um, like um, like Brian, I definitely do think. My one major issue with this movie is I think the second half of this movie slows down to a point, and I would like that, but I weirdly think the conversations the characters have aren't as engaging as they are in the first half as they are in the second half. I, I like how it ends, and obviously if you know how um, Hamlet ends, you know what happens to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, but I do think this movie is a little bit lopsided when it comes to pacing. Um. Could you say that by the title, you know what happens to Rosencrantz <laughs> and Guildenstern? Um, hey, I'm your boy, Tim. Uh, I don't know shit about Hamlet. I started this movie, didn't even know it was about Hamlet. Didn't know it had anything to do with Hamlet until I clicked on uh, Letterboxd to log it, on which I saw Caleb Coe say, as a big Hamlet fan, I really dug this. Uh, so... Did you see uh, where he said it was better than the original? <laughs> I guess the original being Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> I referred to Lion King one and a half, honestly. Um, God, he's so <laughs> stupid. I love you, Coho, but man alive. Uh, I'm going to unfollow him. I, I didn't love this. Uh, I wanted to. I agree with Brian. The cast, incredible. Um... Dreyfus is awesome in this. He's doing great stuff, but Tim Roth and Gary Oldman are fantastic. Like, I really love them. And because I didn't know it had anything to do with Hamlet for the first half of the movie, it kind of, I think, maybe even hurt the experience. Um, because it starts, they don't know, like, why they're there. They are, um, like... They're not even sure which is which. Yeah, they're not sure which. And I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, is this going to be a thing where they died and they're in the afterlife and they're figuring out like why they died and blah, 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 blah. Like, okay. And then all of a sudden they're somewhere else and there's Hamlet. And I'm like, oh. And then I clicked on the uh, letterbox thing and I saw the reviews like, oh, taking two people from Hamlet. I'm like, okay, I get it now. And again, having never seen Hamlet, uh, I've never seen any version of it. Uh, you could tell me that I've seen something that is like an homage to it or a spinoff or like something like that. I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> great. See, didn't even know that. Uh, so I, I, I did like the movie at the end of the day because the performances were so charming. Like Gary Oldman and Tim Roth were so good. I liked Gary Oldman the best. He was my favorite part of the movie. He's my favorite part in most movies, to be completely honest. Um, we had crossover with him too. Holy foreshadowing! Shit. I was going to say we had, we had a ton of crossover this episode, uh, gentlemen. Um, but yeah, it just it didn't click with me a hundred percent. I agree. Uh, Maggie and I have talked a lot about the fact that like when movies are based on plays and they don't do anything to expand the movie and it just feels like a play in a movie, it kind of hurts it for me unless it's like super, super like really, really, really well done. Like I, I can't even think of an example. I don't know. But you good, man. Well, that's expanded though. I feel like they do enough to expand that to where it's like super well, interesting I, to me. I, 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 this movie took place in like 
four locations, maybe different like spots. So I don't know. I enjoyed it. Never something I'm gonna watch again. So I am a pretty big Shakespeare fan as well. Um, studied in college and stuff. Um, have seen some plays. Um, so I was interested in this. I didn't really know that much about it. I knew, you know, what the title was. I knew Tom Stoppard, but um, yeah, I was pretty disappointed with it, to be honest with you. I, uh, I, I agree with some of the comments that have been made that, um, you know, I think the, the dialogue between the two of them is probably the best part. Um, I think when Richard Dreyfus and the whole theater troupe shows up at any point, it just kind of brings the movie to a screeching halt, honestly. And they do like these long play within a play, which again, I understand is in Hamlet, but like it, it is pretty tough to sit through, honestly, because there's like no dialogue going on. They're just like, you know, acting out the plays within a play. It happens a couple of different times. And I understand the significance of it for the plot, but it's just not that super engaging to watch. Um, and I think like the theme, but like, I think I'd probably like the play, but I think the themes are a little bit muddled. Like, you know, it's, it's obviously trying to make some like existential commentary on like, you know, what control do we have over, over our own lives stuff? Because like, they know what they have to do and what they should be doing, but like, they can't do it because they are in this pre-existing universe, right? Like where they are, they are trapped by the characters that have already been written for them basically. Um, and so, you know, there's some commentary about like free will and all that kind of stuff, but I just didn't think that the movie would like, I thought it was muddled. I thought like, it just wasn't super engaging enough to like, for me to fully lock into those themes. You know, I like the performances well enough. Um, I just think it was kind of dull, honestly. Like I, I wanted more from this and, and it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just the Shakespeare aspect of it. Again, I like Shakespeare. Um, I just like was con confused at times. Other times I just wasn't like interested enough to actually want to try and fully understand what was going on. Um, I, I think it's just kind of an overly, overly convoluted way to get across some themes that are not too difficult to explain again, like about our lack of, you know, free will, um, you know, you're trying to find your purpose in life and all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I can't, I can't really fully articulate what about it. Um, it was other than just to say that it just, it never really grabbed me. I mean, the opening scenes, I kind of liked again. I thought the dialogue was, was pretty fun. I didn't really like all the comedy either. I think that was part of it. Like, I think that a lot of the comedy is just premised on like something happens and then they just kind of stand there like, huh? You know, like with these looks on their faces, like what exactly just happened? Like things are happening and they don't fully understand it. Um, yeah, I don't have much much else to say. I, I was a little disappointed with it. Um, my thoughts are um, I'm the opposite of a Shakespeare guy. Like if there was one, like that's me. Like I don't like Shakespeare really at all. And I know the Lion King is hamlet with fur i get it they don't talk to me like <laughs> shakespeare does um school's forced down my throat don't really like it uh this movie um very weird for me just i'm kind of with tim i don't really look into like a movie too much before watching it especially for roundtable because i don't want to 
I don't want to see what other people rated it. I don't want to see like how they like what it's all about. I, I I remember getting pulled away from this at first. I got pulled away from it when I first started, and I was grabbing something, and all heads, 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 and they said that like forty five times, and I was like, "Whoa, this is going to be a movie for Cody. Like this is going to be." Oh, I love both these actors too. But yeah, I think the pacing just really hurt this movie. I think if they do that, something different. They the comedy when they like the moments that they had were funny at times. Like Tim Roth being the straight man, Gary Oldman just having fun. He seemed like he was having a lot of fun in this movie. Like, and the characters were. I just wasn't having as much fun as them, and it was making me upset. Um, so overall, I didn't think it was like a complete mess on my end, but it just was. As somebody that knows very little, like, besides watching Hamlet, I know that will kill people. Um, I just couldn't, like, fully dive into it. Um, Bill? So, uh, I I enjoyed it. I, I do have similar problems that everybody else did, especially with, like, I feel like it drags in the middle a bit uh, for me. But I, I love that tennis scene. It's just so well, much fun. That. amazing. I could watch that a million times. Although in my wow. research, I am a little sad we don't live on the timeline where Daniel Day-Lewis was the Tim Roth character. I think this would have been a completely different fuck crazy. And Sean Connery is supposed to be Richard Dreyfuss' character. Oh, my God. That would have been bonkers as hell. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a favorite like subgenre of mine is taking well-established stories and then looking at it through like a completely different angle. Like one of my favorite comics growing up was Marvels, which was like, hey, here's the Marvel Universe from a photographer that works at like a newspaper. Or a personal favorite book of mine is Lamb, the Gospel According to Christ's yes. Friend Bill. Yeah. Like, so I love this kind of stuff. So this was a joy of like them getting thrust into all the craziness of Hamlet. And then then all of a sudden we go back to them going, Yeah, that conversation didn't go well, did it? What the hell just happened? <laughs> it's just so I was a fan of that, but like everybody else, it definitely like just kind of stops, and then it's just a lot of like, all right, let, let's keep it moving. But overall, I I honestly think we should have let Gary Oldman do more comedies. He looks like he's having a good old time. Maybe we should let him have good times every now and again. Is all I'm saying because this is just an absolute delight to watch. And Tim Roth has zero time for it, and it's just so much fun. <laughs> like, yeah, it is great. Anytime it's like not really just them, I feel like the movie suffers because of it. Because they got, I feel it's yeah. like we got to get the Hamlet stuff out of the way. <laughs> I think I wanted to understand the meta commentary a little bit more that was going on with the the players and Richard Dreyfus and all of them. Like I, I was just like I felt like I was a little bit at a distance from what they were trying to say about like the artifice of the play within a play and how does that relate to life? I guess. Um, yeah, it just kind of again. I just think those scenes kind of brought the movie to a halt when they came around. Yeah, no, I, I, I picked the movie. I'm the one brought it here, and I had not watched this movie in years. And I remember thinking that the second half definitely kind of slowed down in pace and stuff like that. And I watched this time, and I kind of felt the same way I remembered feeling about it. Where, like I said, it's it's more individual scenes, like the game of questions. I love the game of questions. Um, there's the running gag where basically Gary Oldman is just stumbling across scientific discoveries from gravity and momentum with the pendulums and the pinwheel so and the water displacement from the so tub great. and all that kind of stuff. It has nothing to do with the movie, but it's just kind of a fun running gag and and apparently invented the sandwich and the biplane apparently. Yeah. But um it's just weird things like that. I enjoyed it, but it is mostly all about the dialogue and those kind of scenes and the interaction between the two main characters. So I agree that anytime where it's like kind of focusing on something else, whether it be the players or the Hamlet scenes or whatever, it definitely 
is in is not as good as it is when those two people are on screen having fun. All right, I think it's time to get scores unless anybody wants to say anything more. All right, Brian, what's your rating? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I brought it, but I fully acknowledge uh, the flaws that it does have. I give it three and a half. Okay, um, Scott. I gave it two and a half. You know, it has its a uh, few fun moments in there enough, you know, in the chemistry to, to make it not a complete, you know, waste of my time. But I, I was disappointed. I did want more from it. Yeah. I'm also two and a half. Um, it just didn't cross over that barrier for me. Um, Tim. Uh, I gave it two, um, which makes me sad because the last time Brian brought the hard way in that movie fucking rules. But uh, <laughs> it does, yeah. yes. But uh, yeah, I I think that's again part of my ignorance, not knowing. I felt like I was on the outside of the joke the whole movie, so maybe well, one day I, I'll like it more. I think it's also fair. Two and a half, and Brian gave it three and a half, so we're in the right company at that point. So he he likes analogy with that one. Um, he didn't walk around five. Uh, Payson. Uh, I'm with Brian on this one. Three and a half. Uh, had fun. Bill. Uh, I'm, I, I go three on this one. Uh, the parts that are good are great, and the parts that are not so great are just like, eh. They're not terrible, though. So, yeah. It's it's worth a watch just for the, the three main people, because you know, they're all fantastic. That is fair. That is fair. Okay. We are going to Payson's movie. Payson, why did you bring Dead Presidents, which is an interesting time. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, it's it's really interesting. I um, I had last year for trivia, I had watched uh, Menace to Society for the first time, which is a movie I really really liked. Um, and I wanted to watch Dead Presidents, but I just couldn't get to it. And full disclosure, this is the first time I had watched Dead Presidents. I was bringing the movie I had never seen before which I know is always, like, a little risky. Um, and I thought it was interesting looking at, like, first off, the budget. Like, this movie was almost three times as expensive as Menace to Society. Uh, both not, like, super expensive, but you can definitely see, like, the Hughes brothers had a bit of a budget, like, up. And this is also just a movie I've heard in, like, conversations with, like, slightly underseen movies from the 90s that, like, everyone agrees, like, should have should have gotten more attention. And after watching the movie, I fully see why. Um, anyone who knows me knows that I love movies that just try a ton of different things. And I think the number one thing I love about this movie is all the genres it tackles. Like, you have, like, I walked in this movie thinking, like, oh, this is just going to be a, a cool heist movie. And that's only, like, the last act of this movie. You get a war movie in there, and you get a really cool uh, coming-of-age movie movie in there um it's set in the 70s so you have like that grimy feel um and yeah you you have a really really cool cast uh this is the second chris tucker movie we have uh that mm -hmm. we're gonna be talking about tonight and i'll be honest like this is probably the most like what's the word um i think the 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 most like underacting chris tucker i think i've ever seen like um except for maybe like silver lines playbook like he's, he's say, not yeah. like yeah, not like he's, he's not like I'm, I'm familiar with Chris Tucker like really overacting and just like going for it. And this one, he's he's playing like what seems like a regular what person. Movie? Yeah, uh, yeah, the Rush Hour. Jeez, 
um, uh, Brett Radner is a shit human being and makes shit movies. Well, that wasn't yeah, where I was going with that, but okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, uh, I, I think this is a really, really great movie, and I'll talk about it later. Just fuck Brett Ratner. <laughs> Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> okay, that's my favorite thing about this community. I mean, when they mention somebody, also, it's like it also like goes into this. Like, believe me, we, you can. I, I, yeah, I love this movie. X, Screw X, you, Batman. X two is like, really good, and, and Superman Returns is underrated. Uh, okay. Um. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say full disclosure. I fell asleep watching this movie. Oh. Um. So I I didn't get the full experience. Um. I will say that. Uh. That being said. Um, this was a depressing film. Yes. No joy to be had. Uh, one macaw put it very eloquently. She watched the whole thing. She did not fall asleep. She logged it. Um, you can go see her score now. Um, it was a very... The problems... Like, okay, so... This movie highlighted issues with the African-American community that are still happening today. That's a problem. Like the fact that this guy felt he had no choices other than to go into the military and then got so fucked up because of the military and the PTSD he suffered from going into the military that he turned to crime, drugs, uh, whatever. And again, that's not just the African-American community, but like, again, in the area that I live, it's like a big issue that like he had to turn to these terrible things and basically threw his life away. Like, it's just, it's fucking sad and depressing and uh, rough. So as a look into the world of these types of people really heartbreaking and interesting and uh we need to do better as a society um of helping people but that being said eh, overall uh fucking uh what's it uh what's um Dude from the beginning of Nope that's in everything. Keith David. Keith David. David. Awesome. Love Keith David. He's great. Um, but again, I disclaimer that I did fall asleep. I didn't get the full movie. So I feel and it was the last movie I had to watch. I watched it today. And so I missed a lot of it. And so I don't think I have the the right to give the full my full like uh, on it. But um it, it, it didn't really do anything for me other than the fact like of what I've said of just saying that like clearly the directors are talented book of Eli slaps um, and I yield my time as uh, Andrew Barr would say um, so what I will say is I think that's like regardless of like the in general I think it's tugged on a social cue social thing that happens in this country a lot is that you know military that's the way will help you all through while you're doing it but once you get out there's no actual help for you yeah. like like there's very limited help or resources for some people yeah. and especially in like uh cities or you know uh, areas that just are underfunded and just don't have the thing so this movie is just super depressing in general just overall because it's just a harsh thing 
my only problem with the movie is it told me this story, but it like like Payson loves a movie that throws everything in at it. For me, it's like you took everything on my plate at Thanksgiving. And I don't like all my food like mixed together. And you decided to like mix it all and be like, "This is all which it's all happened at once." Like I get his life; I jumped through it very fast. But I think that was a like, I don't know. I, I again make it longer. I know don't think that's a solution. But there was a lot to that could have been sped up in certain areas that we still got those messages across of what happened to him instead of like in, like going through it. So that was my only takeaway. It's super depressing. Super hard to watch. Worst heist in the history of heist movie of all, like them trying to do it. You can clearly definitely see they're under theme. Um, but it was just like I thought there were great things about it, but I don't think the execution was as strong as I wanted it to be because I think it told a very important message. It just lost me at points because we're like we're going through everything, and yes, it's crazy to see Chris Tucker not high pitched like at all and if Terrence Howard said man one more time <laughs> in this movie I was going to lose it <laughs> like he said it every time so yeah uh, but overall an important story I think uh, I would have never seen this movie I think it would have, it's never popped up on my radar so interesting uh, everybody else yeah, uh, you shouldn't watch Hustle and Flow if you like hearing Terrence uh, Howard say Terrence man Harrison. yeah no, oh, there's yeah. more man this is like where um, it all began, though. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I actually I had seen this movie for the first time like five years ago because um, I didn't see it when it first came out. Um, and I think it was because it came out after that glut of like, you know, Boys in the Hood, Menace to Society, Juice, all that kind of stuff was coming out. And this just seemed like just another one of those. So I never watched it until about five years ago. And I didn't love it. I thought it was just OK. Um, I rewatched re it now. I think I actually did like it more than I did then. I, I still don't love the movie, but I think my rating for it has gone up. Um, I do like the fact that it kind of changes gears as it goes, how it does kind of have, it's the coming of age, then it's the war story, then it's kind of the crime heist film. I like that about it. Cause I think any one of those stories as a whole film, I don't think I would have enjoyed because my thing about it is each one of those stories, I think has been done better, much better many other times. Like the coming of age was, you know, it was, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, fairly well done but you know some things about it, especially some of the acting and things like that was a little you know cheesy the war story um obviously there's some great war films out there this obviously doesn't measure up to those but you know they're just doing one section of their film in that and i thought it was it was good for this film but i wouldn't want to see a whole film war film done by this group and then the crime heist yeah actually honestly it's the title of the film it's the cover of the movie and stuff and yet it feels like an afterthought in this movie the actual heist the actual crime part of it seems like it's just kind of like oh yeah we, we forgot we got to do this this heist at the end and i mean even that part was was decently done but again i wouldn't want to see a whole film centered around that based on what i saw so while i didn't love the movie i, I think my rating has gone up this time so i kind of love this movie uh, i i had seen it when it came out so this was this played big into my formative years and because I was huge on the Hughes brothers, especially after Menace to Society, I will say Menace to Society is the better film of these two. Um, bar none. Like, that is just an amazingly good film. Uh, but I do, I, I also forgot how violent this movie is because this movie is super violent. So, especially in the middle part where I was like, God damn, like, I did not remember all of this. And the thing I do enjoy most, I think there's like, there's certain directors that should just work with certain actors because I think they just kind of get them. Sort of like, uh, 
trying to think like obviously like Scorsese, De Niro, like they just know like Scorsese knows where to put him, or even like Tarantino, like Samuel Jackson, just knows exactly what he is, like exactly what to get. And I feel the same way with the Hughes brothers and Lorenz Tate because they just, I think he has turned out the best performances of his career under these guys. And it is, it is really because it all hinges on him. And I think he's doing a real good job, especially in the beginning. You can definitely tell he's like he has no idea. He is very naive, and he plays it naive. And then you just watch his descent from there after going to Vietnam and then just what an awful person he becomes by the end. And yeah, Chris Tucker is really good in this. And God, who doesn't love Keith David though? Seriously? Like top notch. <laughs> Every movie's improved with Keith David. I forgot to mention, we've been talking about all the crossover too. Uh, the girl who played Fresh's sister is in this movie. That's yep. right. Yeah. yeah. So she's in this too. So we had more crossover than you can imagine. <laughs> so I was excited to watch this. I uh, it's been like on my watch list for a little bit. I've been curious about it. Um, I've heard good things. I think you know what what especially what Cody and Brian said like comes down to how you will feel about the movie, which is you know how do you feel about the fact that it changes genres, changes you know what it's about three different times. I liked parts of it. Other parts I felt, I just felt, I did feel it was overstuffed in the end. Like, I do think it's a good movie. I do like it. I do, I definitely give it a positive review um, because I, de I definitely think the strongest message is the military message and, you know, um, black men, the circumstances which led them to fight in the war, what they were asked to do in the war. And then since, you know, what what they experienced after getting out of the war and this whole central question he keeps coming back to is like you know what were they fighting for right like what what why were you know what what cause were black soldiers in particular fighting for this wasn't their war right it, this wasn't um you know they, they weren't invested whatsoever in the stated purpose for this conflict whatever that may be um and you know yet they went out and performed atrocities in the name of, you know, America put their lives on the line in the name of America. And the second they're out, you know, what, uh, what do they get in return? Right? Like nothing. Um, but then, you know, it tries to be a crime movie. It tries to be a commentary on, you know, the circumstances which lead people to commit crime. Um, it also tries to be about drugs and, you know, again, Chris Tucker's character, that's a lot of what's going on there and the circumstances which lead people to become addicted to drugs. It feels like it's just trying to tackle all of the like urban drama, like touchstones, right. In one movie. And like, you know, again, it's kind of going down the checklist. Some of them work, some of them, I, you know, I wish a little bit more time had been spent on that. I was like, I am all for a good like story about like systemic crime and you know cycles cycles of crime and how you know economic situation like socioeconomic conditions lead people into a life of crime like into where they have no other choice. But you know then they're also talking about the Vietnam War like you know the end the the judge is is sentencing him and is talking about you know well, you know, you, you're not a Marine or whatever. Like, you didn't uh, uphold the values of the Marines or whatever, you know, that you were fighting in a fake war and all this stuff. Um, 
which is almost like commentary on masculinity also. Again, there's just so so many ideas going on here. All interesting ideas, all ideas worth being explored. Just some of them, I think, are explored with more depth and nuance than others. Um, so it's a very interesting movie. Um, I enjoyed watching it. I think Lorenz Tate is great. I, he has a real like innocence to him, which I think is perfect for this character. Um, I just wish there had been a little bit more precision in how the story was told. The thing I really love about that last scene is I think it really tackles like the difference as to how the veterans of World War II were viewed versus the veterans of Vietnam yeah. were viewed, where like obviously the people that fought World War II were viewed as heroes at Vietnam, it was way more complicated, but regardless of what you think, I think just the way they were treated was horrible, and I think that last scene really, really tackles that. Yeah. I Martin think the basic... Sorry, I was just going to say Martin Sheen, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I just think it's also just really interesting. Yeah, I'm with the main thing of Scott, is like I think the vi I think they wanted to say so much, but didn't have enough time to say all of what they wanted to say at and, times. And all of the ideas are connected. Like I understand the connections mm. that they are drawing between all of them. It's just some of them feel more fleshed out than others. Like I don't really know how else to say it other than that. And uh, Payson, this is a first time watch for you. You hadn't seen it prior. I I had not seen it prior. No. Yeah, and that's a that, you know that's a. It's happened a few times on the show, and sometimes you walk away with movies you really enjoy. Um, all right, we'll give score, Payson. First time watching, what's your score? Uh, I'm going to give it. Uh, I honestly really, really love this movie. I would give it a four and a half out of five. It, it, five me. Uh, I'm at three. Um, I, I just I liked a lot. I didn't like some, so it seems like it's right in the middle. Uh, Bill, I'd, uh, I'd say three and a half. So. It is a it is a very good movie. It is not a great movie. I know the Hughes brothers have made better films, but this is a really good one. So, uh, Brian, three, Scott, three and a half. I liked it. And I guess since you you don't want to give it a full rating, are you going to give it a rating? I gave it a three just because there were parts of it that I missed. Maggie filled me in, but even still, three. Okay. That works. Um, all right, and now we're on to our last movie for the night. The right. Fifth Element. Um, Tim, why did you bring The Fifth Element? Last time I was on the show, I brought 12 Monkeys, a Bruce Willis sci-fi film that I bought on 4K Blu-ray that I had never seen before from the 90s. This time, I brought a 90s sci-fi Bruce Willis film that I bought on 4K that I had never seen before. And ladies and gentlemen, sometimes people make mistakes. This is one of those times. <laughs> uh, nope. That's going to be a nope from me, dog. Um, I feel like I'm on the right side of history here. Uh, I've always heard, like, this is such an influential film. Um... You can see it. I actually, I, 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 Luke Besson, say what you will. I like more than I dislike. Uh, everyone hated Valerian. I, I, I dug the shit out of that movie. Yeah, I had a too. great fucking time with that one. Um, yeah, 
I, I didn't like Lucy, but his newest, I think Anna, what, was that his newest Yeah, one? Anna. I was like, there's another woman's name. What was that one? That he um, and That's that, a fake movie. That I, movie doesn't I watched it for the first time like a year ago and actually kind of liked it. Like, didn't didn't hate it. Um, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I was fair. Uh, and I, I watched The Professional for the first time like three or four months ago and dug it. So I was looking forward to this. But um, once again, I felt a weird sense of, oh, no, when Bruce Willis just started kissing Mila Jovovich without consent yeah. Or, you know, oh, asking no. anything. Just did, oh, oh, you were unconscious and I wanted to kiss you. I'm sorry. That At least me. ask her in her own language. I mean, and then gets a gun <laughs> you get, Willis, don't do that. Uh, th- I, so I watched this directly after watching Possessor. Uh, and <laughs> that's a palate cleanse. <laughs> and I did the same thing. The start of the movie, I dug. There are things about it I really liked. Um, The overall concept of the film, I was into. The visuals, I was into. It took so long to get going. It was an hour in before they were like, oh, here's the mission. Here's what we're doing. Um, And I'm going to be honest. I forgot that uh, Chris Tucker was in this when I picked it. He's real bad in this movie. My God. Um, Bucky had a rough time watching this one. With him. He loved Possessor. Uh, but when we, got, when we got to Fifth Element, he was like, Papa, let's play with the ball. What are we doing here? Um, no, I just, I, I feel bad because, well, I don't feel bad because I got to watch a movie I had never seen before, which is always a good thing in my book. Um, but... And I'm glad I got to see a movie that is, at the end of the day, it is a movie that is revered by a lot of people. A lot of people really love this movie. Um, but it just, it, it, it did not work for me. I can get from the vibe of the rest of the crowd. It might not work for everyone else. Uh, but for me, as someone who had never seen it, it, it just really didn't work for me. But I will also say on a side note, I've been watching a lot of Bruce Willis this year um, after his sad news that has like come out recently. I've just kind of... And with Die Hard coming into fandom and stuff, I watch all the Die Hard movies, and I've been trying to just, like, verse myself in a lot of his movies I hadn't seen before. Um, And I loved him in the movie. I think he's really fun, and I like what he's doing. Um, And I just like seeing Bruce Willis give a shit. And not only give a shit, but actually, like, look like he's having fun. And he looks like he's having fun. Um, I know I said, like, maybe an hour ago that Gary Oldman's the best part of every movie he's in, but uh, he was kind of rough in this. Did not enjoy his performance. Um, He's doing something weird, which, granted, might be a Luke Basson thing more than a Gary Oldman thing, but Gary Oldman is awesome in The Professional. Like, so good in that, so I don't know, man. Um, I'm not going to say my rating yet, but I was really disappointed um, because, again, science fiction, and again, weird science fiction. Like, I really like Valerian. Like, I think that movie is so underrated. And this, to me, just, like, didn't work at all. Maybe I was just in the wrong headspace because I had just had a, you know, a, a, a bad whopper from burger king and watch possessor oh, yeah, right before that, it, but 
I don't know. I was I was I was not into this. Just to but get I, something positive out of you though, it did look beautiful in 4K, doesn't it? It absolutely does. It 100%. Does. The, again, the look of the movie, the visuals for its time, incredible. Incredible. And I actually like Mila Jovovich in the movie. I think she is actually doing some fun stuff, but the thing that like again, the whole movie I was kind of uh, the thing that sealed the deal though is it did the James Bond, Roger Moore, he's fucking someone, and we have to make a joke about it at the end of the movie moment. I wanted to, I wanted to end it all. He's just like, like they're just, oh, oh, we need, we need more than five more minutes or whatever they say. Like, oh, the president's here to talk. It was out of a James Bond movie. It, it blew my mind. You're, you're absolutely right about that. Honestly, it blew my mind. I was, it was literally plucked out of the Spy Who Loved Me. Like plucked out, it blew my. Except head. for it was in the spy love me, it was funny. You're correct. No, was no. Moon was it funny here? No. Okay, so I think there. I think I think this. I think I can be wrong, but I think there's two people for sure that enjoyed it more than some others. So. I'm going to pass it to Payson and Brian because I think they're the two. Uh, Bill may also be in the camp, but I'm not getting that vibe yet. And he said he hated one movie, and I don't think he said he hated anything yet. So this could be – I'm not sure. But Brian, I'm going to pass to Brian. For Brian, your thoughts on rewatching The Fifth Element? Lilu. Um, <laughs> <laughs> multi-pass. No, um, yeah, no, this is a movie – I've seen this movie so many times over the years because, I mean, this is a movie – I remember when it first came out. It, this is like, you know, back before the internet was big and there wasn't like marketing. I was like in a theater and I saw a poster for from the director of The Professional starring Bruce Willis in sci-fi. I'm like, what the hell is this movie? And then I went and saw a trailer for it. Just, it kind of came out of nowhere. And that's awesome. And I was and I was just, and I was sold that's immediately. Because so cool. The Professional is, I think, a phenomenal movie. It's in my top 25 now of all time. It keeps rising whenever I watch that movie. Great I just love it movie. more and more. Um, and, and since then, Luke Besson, I, I think like you, I... I liked more than I've disliked from him. It's weird because I seem to like all the ones Tim didn't like and vice versa. Um, so that's that's a little weird thing there. But and and he's got his personal life things which I won't get into, but I don't judge people I don't judge movies by the yeah, I'm not getting into that stuff. I have no idea what you're but about. this is a movie, I mean I, I love the look of it. I love the originality of it. I love I, I do think the tone of it does get too cartoonish at times. That's why it's never gonna be a five star movie for me. Because there are definitely things about it that that get very cartoonish and silly and i think that's just luke Passan's thing and it it, it it happens but like gary oldman is playing over the top but again i like seeing gary oldman have fun i like seeing him get to do stuff like this and, and now he's doing a weird a weird you know kind of southern accent and stuff and that's a lot um things like that but but bruce willis uh, i think that i think tim already touched on this it's just it's fun to go back and see bruce willis not when he not only cared, but when he was clearly having fun, you know, he had a personality, a sense of humor. He actually looked legitimately happy and he's, you know, smiling in the movies instead of just like the little smirk he gave in his later films. And yes, the last, the whole, you know, paycheck VOD movie section of his career, his last 10 years or so, you can write off to, you know, he's just trying to make some money while he still could, you know, for his family or whatever. But there was still, even before that, there was a lot of movies that he just didn't give a shit. Um, but this is back in the era when when I loved Bruce Willis. I mean, I, I used 90s Bruce Willis action movies as a strength many times when I was playing in Warzone because the, I, I just loved him in this era. He was tons of fun. Mila Jovovich, I'm not even joking, I think was worthy of an Oscar nomination for supporting actress in this movie. I mean, in a year when Joan Cusack get nominated for In-N-Out, 
she can get nominated for this. I mean, I thought not only the humorous sides, but I think the emotional sides, I thought she played a lot of that stuff very well. She was a lot of fun, but she was also, you know, played the drama of it. I liked Mijovic a lot in this movie. Um, I think the score is uh, is a lot of fun. I mean, it, it kind of is all over. There's many different styles mixed in here, um, especially when they use like Ruby Rod. It almost has like a, a Prince sound to it, and that's not an accident because Prince was supposed to play that role originally. But <laughs> let me rephrase that. They wanted Prince to play that role. He wouldn't do it, and so they got they got uh, Sucker to basically kind of do a Prince impression, but he goes way more over the top with it, of course. And he is another aspect of it that definitely gets a little too cartoony. I get it, but I think it works for the character because the futuristic, you know, he's a bombastic, you know, personality is supposed to have. Um, it's beautifully filmed. I think the effects are great for its time, especially for a, it's not a franchise. It's not even like a major director or anything at the time. And, and especially his only film before that is U.S. film was had been the professional, which wasn't like an effects sci-fi thing. Um, I will say the first 20 minutes or so is a little bit slow until like Lilu and Corbin first show up. But then from there on, the movie just takes off for me. And I, I love this movie. Like I said, it's never going to be five stars for me, but I love this movie. I will say before everyone else gets into it, I do love the fact that like this is this is the type of movie that I can watch and absolutely understand why Brian loves it. <laughs> and it, but it just doesn't work for me. And I love that because it, it, it's like one movie that we see differently, but like, that's the great thing about most movies and all and pretty much everything is that like with movies some people love it. Some people hate it. And I love that Brian, like the, the story you told, like going into a theater, seeing the poster from the director, like that. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. Like, it's so like I'm, when I talk I'm, about A24 and Neon, I don't want them to not exist. I just know there's other people that love that stuff and I'm yeah. glad for them. Yeah. It's not for me. <laughs> no, I, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you love it. That's awesome. Cody, Cody you're muted. Because when I think, oh, we can't get Prince, who do we get next? Chris Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Payson, you were positive. You seem positive. Go for it. Look at me. Look at me. This movie's kind of made for me. No, I uh, I adore this movie with all my heart. Just um, like we've said, this movie is just you can see the influence it has had on other sci-fi movies. Like I wish I could have been next to George Lucas in a theater, just watching the like chase of the buildings and just being like. Yep, I'm gonna rip that off for Attack of the Clones because he absolutely did that, and anyone who has seen both movies would never deny that. Um, no, I love all the little details in it. Like one of the details I love um, on this watch was I love just like the Chinese food truck guy that Corbin interacts with a few times, and just like the camera lingers on it just a little too long, and you're just like, I want a whole movie just based on this guy and him just giving deliveries throughout this world. That is how unique and cool this world is. Uh, I, I couldn't find my shirt, but I have a Flossed in Paradise shirt, um, which is obviously a Fifth Element reference. All the characters, I adore Gary Oldman in this movie. He's having so much fun when he's showing off the cool gun, and he just looks at the camera and he's like, my favorite. Just the, the choice he makes is just such a unique choice, but it just weirdly works. Same thing with, like, Chris Tucker as Ruby Rod. Like, it's so over the top, and the second he comes in, he just, like, completely dominates the movie. But you're like, I should be hating myself. Why am I not? And I think it's just because Luc Besson just completely understands the tone. Uh, there's a quote that Ruby says in this movie that I still just use, like, out of context today, where, like, 
the flight attendant says, you must return your seat to the full upright position. And he just says, I don't want one position, honey. I want all the positions. positions. And it's just so good. (laughs) And yeah, just uh, Mila Jovovich is so incredible. I don't know how you couldn't be endeared to that character. She's like, she lands on this earth. She has no idea what's going on. Um, And just like Corbin's like, eh. I yeah, I guess I'll do it. Didn't I really have anything better to do this day? And I love characters like that that are just like, eh, I may as well help you because what else am I gonna do? Um, but yeah, just the visuals, the humor. Like I totally get why people wouldn't enjoy this movie. Oh, I get it. But, I get it. Yeah, like you, uh, some movies, I'm like, oh, how do you not? But like this one, like if, 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 as someone who loves it, I can totally see why someone would hate it. But like I adore this movie just for its originality and creativity alone. Um, if you guys have ever worked in sound or been around sound equipments, when they do like the feedback sound, where like the thing saying, I found feedback the the movie. It's called the fifth element for me. Everything coming out gave me the stop. I don't know. Like Kirk uh, always gets on to me about the Departed and the Boston Boston accents going from. Here to not exist anymore. This one, I just wish they'd stop the accents at some point. Like it's like there's just too much. Like uh, Gary Oldman, I thought was ridiculous. Um, I thought the overall, the 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 plot, everything about it. Chris Tucker is by far the most annoying human being in this movie especially and i've always heard that from this and when i watched it at 16 i said this movie sucks i will never watch this again and then tim brings it on to the rock table and, and then i have to rewatch it um yeah i just i i didn't like any of like the real direction i think she's fine in the movie oscar i think she's a little crazy um i think I think Bruce Willis having fun, that's great. Uh, I like like the world that they're trying to build, but I just want to get out of the world as fast as possible with everybody that's in it. Um, yeah, it just wasn't a, it wasn't a hit for me at 15. It definitely isn't a hit for me now. I just need to realize the movies that say, like, this movie shaped cinema or this movie, if we didn't have this, this would happen. All those movies that have ever been labeled like that at times for me, just a giant like stamp of no thanks. Like do I don't really like the say that about the, the fifth element. Do people really say like that this what? is some revolutionary yes. influence? There are people that talk of this movie at a very high regard. Well, no, I know that there's people who love the movie, but do people really say this is some massively influential people thing? People like made Millie Vanilli a platinum <laughs> Grammy winning artist. People are fucking stupid. The, 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 Star Wars, the Star Wars prequels came out two years later, and Lucas just in this movie was just like, "Yep, gonna take that, gonna take that, gonna take that." Gonna well, this take movie that. needed more coverage. Those are there. those are universally regarded as garbage. To be clear, not by everyone. <laughs> no man, majority. Um, most people. We'll go Scott and Bill. Scott and Bill, how are you guys feeling on this movie? So I put this movie on, and. I had a completely open mind. Like, I thought I might actually like this. Like, this is, you know, a sort of auteur. Like, it's, you know, this, he has a vision. It's like a, a genre type thing, but it's original and, you know, going to be, have cool visuals and creative and everything. 
And I was watching the movie. I was paying attention to the movie. I was just, you know, watching the movie. Is like this everybody one you else. fell asleep during? We get no, no. Oh. I don't. I don't fall asleep during movies. But um, that wasn't. That didn't mean to be a shot. <laughs> I just meant that I literally do. No, I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't take it. That no, way. I just thought it was great anyway. timing to say to the person yeah. that did fall asleep during movies. We we get like an hour and twenty minutes into the movie, and they're at like the opera house or whatever, and. I'm sitting there, and it just dawns on me. I was like, I have no idea what is happening in this movie. Like, I've been watching this movie for 80 minutes. I genuinely don't know, like, who these people are. Like, what are they trying to do? I was like, this movie has just gone in one ear and out the other for me. Like, that is kind of how I ended up feeling. Like, I was just very confused about the whole setup of it. I, it's just, you know, Chris Tucker talking a million miles an hour about God knows what. Uh, I thought Bruce Willis was good. Like, he was definitely in his, you know, his classic, iconic Bruce Willis era. But, like, I hated all of the Lilu stuff. Honestly, like, I am, I just, I can't deal with, like, the alien language and, uh, you know, the her like baby talking basically and then them having a romance and like i i yeah i i couldn't deal with it but also they're like really they're overly sexualizing her and stuff it's just like it's it's kind of cringy um but yeah more than anything i just like i was just baffled about what was happening in this movie like the the world is fine is cool like it could have been you know it could have been in a good movie um like again i liked bruce willis okay like it's a good role for him but like this movie is just a whole lot of pretty colors and nothing honestly to to me ultimately also tiny lister playing the president was what <laughs> that was wild yeah sorry i did did not care for it here we go bill okay um i saw this movie when it came out and i remember being very excited for the same reasons brian described and that is where our paths diverged when i first <laughs> saw this movie i was like what the entire fuck was any of that i didn't understand any of it i'm like what the fuck's going on and i have i pretty much abandoned it i never went back so it's been over god knows 30 years so i'm like whatever so it comes up and i'm like you know, I swear I'd never watch it. And I, I go to fiance knows. I'm like, all right, I'm going to be on a show. I got to watch a bunch of movies. I got to watch Possessor. She's like, what the fuck? I'm like, okay, we got to watch Fresh. She's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh, and the fifth element. Fucking yes. I'm like, all right, well, I know which one we're going to watch first. So I was like, <laughs> we'll get that out of the way. Let's just do it. And I pop it on. I will say, I didn't hate it as much as I did when I was younger. I still don't like it. To be clear, um, there's things I appreciate more. Actually, she likes it less now because, like, we're an hour in. She's like, I feel like this movie's very boring. I'm like, I feel like it's taking forever to get everything going. Yes, but totally forgot Zeus was in this and the president. I was like, fucking that rules. Okay, fucking. It was also nice seeing Brian James just be like a human being, dude, because he's always like bad guy or whatever. And he's like, he's just like a normal guy. I don't know. And that's fun. Um, the designs of like a lot of the aliens are spectacular. The effects, I was like, Jesus Christ, these actually still hold up like a lot of this stuff. Uh, that having been said, every acting choice in this one felt wrong to me and was the wrong one. 
And I'm like, I don't know how the hell you had all these great people and none of them made the correct choice on anything. What the fuck went wrong here for me? I don't know. Also, Cody, remember how you said you were like, oh my God, they're beating in the whole fucking metaphor with the chest. Do you want to know what the fifth element is? Do you want to know what the fifth element is? I bet you'll never. It's fucking love. Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? Like, I'm like, well, fucking Jesus Christ. Wait, love the theme of the 2014 film Interstellar? Do not oh mention God, these films. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, this I, uh, is so much better than Interstellar. Interstellar is yeah, right, of course. Interstellar is a masterpiece. I was just making a joke. Oh, it's like they oh. told... It's like they told uh, Gary Oldman, your character's name is Jean Francis, Jean Baptiste, whatever, Emmanuel Zorg, and he was like, say no more. I've got this. Like, that, that was like, that was he's awesome. doing the rooster. He's doing the rooster from Looney Tunes. Well, I say, I say, I say, I got a Do you know what, get, you know what makes me laugh every time in a movie? Mom jokes. What? I love a good mom joke. So Bruce Willis talking to his mom on the phone. Mom, I'm fucking busy, mom. Sorry. I didn't mention it, but like the whole Diva Flava Lagunas fight, like top 50 movie scenes of all time. Which yes. one? Also, I did forget fucking Tricky was in this. I was like, holy shit. That was a nice little like, like blast the, in the past. The, Tim, the, the action scene one, like the opera... Uh, oh yeah, no, that was uh, that was very cool. It was a good scene. Um, All right. Oh, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. No, I mean, I was just, I was going to reiterate that I do think, from a technical standpoint, awesome for the time that it was. I just did not vibe with the story or the characters. Yeah. Well, I also hate that I just yeah. said vibe. So. You did. Can you say mid for me? One? Okay. Um. Uh, uh, <laughs> Tim, it was your movie. What do you what do you give it? Two stars. Two oh. stars from ten. Uh Brian. We're glad I watched it though, I will say. I'm glad I watched it. We'll bump those numbers up. Given given the day, it's gonna go as high as four and a half stars for me, but for now I'm gonna settle at four. Scott, Scott, I'm gonna guess four and a half. <laughs> I, look, I, I just want to say I'm not necessarily opposed to movies where I don't understand what's happening. There are plenty of movies I like that are like that. <laughs> no, I, I understand what's going on, Possessor. But, um, but I just the vibes were were off for me. Like if if you if you're not going to have like you know the you know that what I, that I understand what's going on, like you need to at least you know have good vibes. The vibes were horrendous for me throughout this movie. So two stars. You're you pacing. You throwing the fiver, Payson? Just do it. If if you want to, do it. Own it. Yeah, it's your kind of movie. No, no. I had four and a half written down when I watched this. I told myself it wasn't going to inflate anything to piss anyone off. This is legit a four and a half star movie. I enjoy it to the level that I would enjoy a five star movie. But I think I do have to points be honest with. What, I'm not into the, like the ironic five star rating, like. This to me is like it, it's it's a four and a half star rated movie that I just adore with every fiber of my being. What is an ironic five star rating? Like space rating uh, Batman Returns five stars, <laughs> or me no, just no, anytime I give something twelve out of five stars. Spence rating like Twilight five stars, Coho rating Cars five stars. 
Um, oh, anyone but that's not ironic. Coho honestly believes that about cars. Well, he's an idiot. Like <laughs> you said, not me. Um, Bill, one star. And for wow, review, one star. I'm going to give it. And for my review, my review will simply be IRBWTLB. I'd rather be watching The Last Boy Scout. I can't argue with that. That's a, that's a fucking first level. I won't argue with that point because that's even better. I'm just saying how you talked, how you talked about it. I did not expect one star. I, not uh, even at all. Yeah, no. I was expecting two, two and a half. It went stars. up from a half star. Wow. So there wow, you go. Wow, two and a half. Wow. Well, I'm trying to get better with my reviews. I don't think a lot of my half stars are half stars. I don't believe my one stars are one star. I'm trying to work over my. I think I was a little too harsh at the beginning. I think there are things to be had from the movie. I think that's a fine. Will it ever cross like me watching it again? No, I don't have to. I've rewatched it. So, the last so you're two. saying that when Coho gave Rise of Skywalker a half star, that's not earned? Oh no, that's earned. That movie's horseshit. That's earned. Uh, we can't talk about that at this point because it's not on the show. But man, if somebody brought that, that may be a correct rating. Um, I'll bring it next time. Four star movie. You're not coming back. Uh, okay. I'm so ready. one. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> One, uh, thank you, Payson and Bill, for being on and Tim for coming back. Uh, Scott, Brian, uh, my partner for crime on the show. Next month, I don't have the full panel built at where we're speaking right now. Caleb Boatman is returning. That is one that was asked. I told him he could be back on. So he will be here. Uh, one other. I don't know if we're going to – we'll probably just make it back to five. Um, but um, thank you all for being on. Um We'll catch you next time. RRR.